It's a podcast. Sorry, I had a. That's our intro. Yes, it's a podcast. <laughs> We're a podcast. Dog. It's me, Keith. It's it is every, me, Andrew. Colonel RPG. I've been triple guessing what to. Oh, we'll get to the later. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> Hello, Keith. Hello, Toaster. Hello, I'm submissive and podcastable. Whoa. Oh my god. I've been navigating Quick social spaces that make me triple guess what name I should use lately. <laughs> what? What does that even mean? And that has been confusing. Do you have name multiple names? Hello. Hello, Toaster. <laughs> Hello. Because we, uh, uh, we went... We went to a we went to a gay bar furry event like a couple days ago, and the entire time, every time I was introduced, I was like triple unsure about like which name to introduce myself with, and I kept introducing myself with a different name to every person we met. And I'm like, this is not helpful. This doesn't help anybody. Sure, it does. You've you've now created three different versions of yourself that people will remember. And it's like, like I, I like so. yeah like because like I've Nobody. been to furry events where people are in like partial suits and everyone's wearing their badges that have their character's name and picture on them and so on so it's like it becomes more normal to use that name in that context but when I'm just a dude in a tank top and no identifiable furry stuff at all and most of the people talking to me are also just like people in like slightly more revealing clothing than normal but no coded stuff but there is like a background noise of people in like there are there were suits there and other elements that because this was a furry event but it wasn't but you know not everyone normally has that stuff on uh increasing those like we we human names right normal normal no. human <laughs> it's just, no. it, it feels intuitive to just be like hi i'm jerry <laughs> no. you use the you use the name well so the thing with you that makes it difficult is that your even your online furry presence uses your real name yes uh, so it's like so for you like the separation between marrow and keith is pretty high whereas for me everyone knows me as toaster so yeah. i'm gonna go by toaster like it, even if i'm not in suit i'm toaster because that's how they get in contact with me and that's the persona that I have. And yeah, I and you're like, and you know these but... people from other gatherings in the past through like Telegram and other things. So you're like, oh yes, they, yeah. they all know you as Toaster. This is an ongoing thing. And then between that and your online presence being Toaster, and everyone got, just used to being used to you calling you Toaster the same way that we call Bird Bird and not his real name. Like it's yeah. re so reflexive to call you Toaster that you don't question it half the time. And I think you've said that you've spent yeah. more time being called Toaster than your real name now. Uh, yes, I do. But for me, like, I'm just known as me originally. And then I, like, did the furry stuff and opened up about that stuff and got a character. And, like, that's been fun. And I have that character everywhere. But I'm still, like, everyone largely knows me by my name. And it's a thing where it's, like, mm -hmm. if somebody calls me Marrow, I do not question it for even a moment. You can just do that. But if someone asks me if they should call me marrow i reflexively are like i reflexively like push back slightly on that idea because it feels like <laughs> it feels like they're tiptoeing like they feel like 
they need to respect my like name or something and they're worried yeah. about calling me the wrong name and they're gonna get in trouble if they don't call me marrow or something and i'm like no it doesn't that does, super doesn't matter but i almost like reflexively go too far in the other direction as if to distance myself from the name which is not the point either but it just feels weird when someone puts that much gravity on whether or not they should use the character's name or my real name or call me sebastian which is a relic at this point or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah i think it's it's just you know it's similar to anything where you just yeah. ask like how someone wants to be called just to be safe you don't want to be yeah, like, yeah just to be polite kind of assuming the blanket yeah. answer to everyone is i extremely don't care it's like calling yeah, andrew I mean, that, that, it's that, like calling the... andrew knackle you just do just yeah, do it i just don't I don't care. Just do knackle it. just happens. Knackle just comes out of my mouth when I'm like people, playing a game. It's just people literally it's like, like people used to just call it, me sad, and I would respond to that just like a regular <laughs> word. <laughs> like, <laughs> so hear, I remember hearing people calling you sad. I always felt it was so weird. Yeah, yeah like, it's just, well, it's like yeah, okay, I'm sad. <laughs> like, well, it's capital S. I think knackle is like a good call sign, and it's like it's it's like it really. <laughs> sharp and and very uh like legible so if i'm like yeah. if we're in a game and i'm like and i need to get your attention we're playing fucking whatever uh you know uh overwatch or something like i feel like being like andrew 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 is like harder to get your attention than if i'm just like knackle like do this do thing <laughs> yeah so like shop, that's yeah, that, it, it has a purpose you know like his full name uh, son of knackle <laughs> well that's the yeah that's technically the full username but, that is uh, one of it that is is the most on... cumbersome name ever <laughs> it's so I, I love it i love it because whenever uh people will ask me like you know you'll have instances where people are like i need to ver verify your email address and there'll be people who just like look at it and there's like this pause and as soon as i see the pause i go yeah it's spelled right like, I just didn't say that because, yeah, like, I know the fact that they pause to think about it is like, okay, yeah, then I put it right. <laughs> like, what the, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> yeah. Are you Mr. Ankle? Yeah, you have, like, to, you have to break it. There's so much breaking it down to do because of the fact that your name features. It's, it's multiple words mashed together end to end yes. with no spaces, but also half of the words are not recognizable as words so you can't tell where the words are stopping and starting <laughs> yeah yeah it's great yeah it's, it's fantastic it's it's funny though because like if colonel if we were to meet you know go to pax or something and and like meet colonel in person and he's oh like, you oh, guys yeah, are calling like, me colonel the whole time. yeah 100 percent. like I, I could know your real name and would still just call you colonel because it's I, like i do know his real that's name. Just your name I, I uh, you can call me my real name, but I I do get a kick out of me me. It's, it's sort of like it's abstract in a way because obviously I, I don't refer to myself as Colonel RPG or Colonel very often. I do yes. that every <laughs> well, but like, but it's like I'm not and I'm not an army kind of guy or anything. So it's, no. I've never been to the army. So it's like I've never uh, been like, to the army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like. It's, it's, <laughs> It's completely detached from reality, but just going around and you guys calling me Colonel, I like that. That's I that is yeah. a good prospect for the future. That, it's like a good nickname. It's a title. <laughs> it's punchy. It's like yeah. it immediately implies a relationship. Like I like it. It's good. Yeah. So yeah, you Stolen would you would valor. just be Colonel forever. Um, <laughs> exactly. But no, but it's not. It's no. appropriated valor. No, Colonel has put me through war. This is not stolen valor. We're allowed to call him Colonel. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. Colonel it's like can it's never interesting. Be like, forgiven. There, there are, there are other 
people, right? Like we have furry friends who we know their real life names. And like there is there are times where it's like, okay, do I call you your real name or do I call you like your character's name? And there are some people whose characters are really separate from them that it's like, okay, I, I like shouldn't be calling you know, this person by this furry name because that's just like an OC that they have that they just like happen to have like a Twitter account for, you know, yeah. like that's slightly different. But like it, it's gotten to the point where at the house, I'm so used to being called toaster. And because like, for example, like brewing is not my husband's actual name, but everyone in the associated friend groups that we hang out with calls him brew so i just call him brew and it's like it's so second nature that i, I it's like code switching that's, it's like speaking spanish in one setting and english in another <laughs> like it just happens which you're used to doing based on the environment except for spanish yes i don't, Wait, I don't that's, speak, speak so spanish, that's just but... normal english what do you mean that you're used to doing well because he speaks several languages yeah, yeah, he speaks, speaks several oh, languages. Oh, right. So, I like, sounds like it's just like what you do in real life, except not with Spanish. Yeah, I, I was yeah. meaning the concept of code switching. Like, when you're mm -hmm. in a you're in a bilingual environment, you speak yeah. to the people who speak the language that is most well suited for them. So, like, if you have different names, like, I'm not gonna go to my parents' house and be like, "Call me Toaster, Mom. This is my true identity." <laughs> like, that's not like I don't care. I'm not ashamed of my real name. I just don't. I just don't use it in these spaces. So when people call me Toaster, it's just like that's I'm called Toaster more often in my day to day than I am my real name to the point that it's just like a nickname. And like when I was yeah. growing up, I had a normalizing had a just having fun names. Yeah. yeah. Like when when I was growing up, we had a friend who we called Spock. He didn't look like Spock. He wasn't like a weird nerd. He wasn't like a Vulcan. I don't think <laughs> he, he ever watched. Like I don't, I don't think we nerd. called it. I don't think he watched Star Trek just we called him spock once and the name stuck and like i i to this day don't know if i know his real name like i was friends with this guy for like probably six or seven years and he's just spock in my brain uh same with there was a guy in college i want to say his name was ryan i don't know because i spent four years in college calling him crunch rap because I met him at the dorms. That's a fun one. <laughs> he was super stoned. He drove to Taco Bell, got a box of 48 crunch wraps at two in the morning, wow. brought them back to the, the dorm fuck? and woke us all up and was like, Hey guys, oh, I bought pretty good. I bought crunch wraps. Do you want a crunch wrap? And we were like, What oh the God. fuck are you doing? Hell and then yes, we just called I do. Him, what the we fuck? just called him crunch wrap for the rest of college. Yeah. And I just I know him as crunch wrap. And this so, is pretty normal behavior, but it's even more normal online where like when I lived at Marty's house, all of our housemates were his guildmates that he adopted. Like yeah. he adopted his mm. wow guildmates into his house that needed to live somewhere at some point. Uh, so we had two housemates that had the same real life name, but I would never remember what their real life name was, even though they both had the same one because they both went by their wow names every day all the time in that house and you just got that's you just really got used to that that's but i mean i assume lot. they they were really engaged in wow they're the kind of players that spend the whole day the whole week playing wow right or maybe or at least at some point they did 
Hmm. When I when I played the previous expansion with Marty's Guild, neither of them were there. But you know, you move on with life eventually. WoW's really yeah. old, <laughs> almost as it's old as 20, Knackle. Uh, it's gonna be twenty years old next year. Yeah, it's fucked it, up. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's I fucked up say, how old these but, things are. Yeah, how how old is it? I think I want to say. I thought it was two thousand and four, but I, it might be a little bit earlier. Let's see how easy uh, to check though. We're all checking, including the viewers. The viewers are are checking. <laughs> it is from two thousand and four, November. Although in Europe it came out in two thousand and five, February. Because billing so, and things. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. I think so. My knackle name is like twenty something years old. It's like twenty. Is for context that because anyone that hasn't heard the story several times already, he had a character named Knackle, yeah. and then he made another character that was named Knackle, son of Knackle. No, it was just I, I had I had one character named Knackle, Didn't he die? and then I had a second character. No, because so I made one. I made a wood elf named Knackle in EverQuest, and then I liked the name because I think it was like just one of those lucky. Wow, that sounds really good. It's catchy. Whatever all the compliments yeah. Toaster gave. So you had, and, you had uh, two knackles, where one had one K and one had two Ks, which is why your yes. long name is spelled with both of them. Yeah. So when I needed to, because my old email address was uh, was <laughs> fucking dumb. I'm not gonna say it. Uh, anyways, my old email address was stupid. I needed a new one, and I combined both of them because <laughs> I like both of those names. Uh, the, my first, I I, so my my original username was the first character name I made in EverQuest, and also equally stupid, and I don't want to say it, but the. Uh, it's just so dumb. Such a, like a, such a childish name to give something like where you're so dumb and I don't know. You don't know words. Yeah, the, it's okay. Uh, you don't need what... to justify the origin of Big Booby Mama. It's all right, Andrew. <laughs> that, that only happens. That only happens I, because you didn't. It's... You weren't a, enough of a Tolkien buff growing up. Otherwise, you would have. <laughs> no man, it was. Like it was because like as a kid, I was just hyper. You totally missed a chance to be like... one of five hundred million users named Fenrir. Yeah. Right, <laughs> obviously. XX Naruto Vampire Lord XX. Wow, getting close to Keith's original username. <laughs> the, the, the question I want to ask, Toaster, is why are you toasted ringtail? If you don't mind, uh, or if you've for once, like I said that out loud, opened Twitter notifications, and the first thing I see is a reply from someone named Fenris, <laughs> <laughs> which is just an incredible dumb. timing. Yeah, uh, my username is pretty simple. Um, I thought that, well, first off, ringtail is colloquial for a raccoon. It's a for thing that people call raccoons. So it's like, for example, Sly Cooper is constantly referred to as, as a ringtail and the ringtail thief in his mm -hmm. games. So I thought that was cute. Um, and then toasted because I'm brown. That's... I so see. that was but, it. Uh, and I thought it was clever. I thought, I thought it was. It is it was clever. You're high. Yeah. And the but other thing is it, that it's close. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say the other thing is that um, so legibly, like legibility wise, back when I was just like, I was like, okay, my branding will be toaster ringtail, as in like toaster the raccoon. Toaster ends with an R, and ringtail starts with an R. So it's really bad for for searchability and like just legibility when I'm telling mm -hmm. people my name. So it's like, oh, okay, like having a username that is a title is more clear than having it just be my name. 
So I was like, okay, toasted ringtail, that's easy. It's not taken anywhere. Like, I don't need to worry about that being taken. Um, you know, there are some platforms where I'm like toaster raccoon or like toasted raccoon, like things like that. But um, for the most part, like just toasted ringtail is like easy to get. It's like an easy username to grab. So I do. Um, and of course, I, I, I had so so like my my persona has a full name. Like I, I have it on all of the things. Uh, my name is Toaster Williams. But mm -hmm. for some reason, that branding like just didn't stick with people. I, I put a, a poll like on my Patreon and I asked a bunch of people. I was like. What do you think is like a better username searchability wise? What do you think is a little bit stronger for SEO? Should it be toaster like toaster Williams, toaster underscore Williams, or should it just be toasted ringtail? And universally, everyone said, like, just put your name as toaster Williams, but put your username as toasted ringtail. And I was like, OK, I'll do that. And that way I get mm. double search engine optimization, because if people search my name, they find me. And if people search my username and my URL, they find me. Um, so it's just like a win-win. Uh, so yeah, that's why I'm called Toasted Ringtail. Yeah, I, I might, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's, it, it all makes sense. I, I was just a little <laughs> bit confusing. Um, the first, not after because it doesn't matter really. But at first, I was like, wait, is he toasted? Or did I did I miss here? <laughs> no, yeah, Mandela effect. Yeah, no, my name, my name is toaster. toaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, it's my name. My name is Toaster, but my my username, the the handle I go by, is Toasted Toasted yeah, Ringtail. Because yeah. uh, it's it's punchy and it's easy to easy to remember. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I mean, there was a period of time where I was like, I'm gonna rebrand entirely as Toaster Williams, just because that's easier and people will like know my name. But it just Toasted Ringtail stuck. I think it's cute. Um, it's more of a title than it is a name, so it's like easier to brand on things. Um, so I just think of it as that's the name of my brand and then toaster is my actual name. My extremely thought out process for naming my let's play channel was that Google plus happened and showed everyone's real names and I just never changed it. Oh, <laughs> no one even remembers this, but once upon a time, Google plus was, uh, YouTube and Google's like a approach attempt to having like a competitor to Facebook and so on. And Who doesn't it did remember not, babies. It, well, yeah, babies it was a long time remember. ago. People don't remember. <laughs> I've got Gambit People art, and true. no one recognizes Gambit anymore. So I doubt they remember Google Plus. Google, yeah. They, yeah, they didn't know it when it was around, let alone. But when Google Plus was forcibly <laughs> integrated into YouTube, and you didn't have a choice, uh, if you had your name Those on that system, time. it became your your display name, and I just left it. Mm -hmm. So it's just I've just had my name on my profile forever. And then additional weird forced format changes that have happened. Uh, YouTube has now given everyone a handle. Yeah. I so I suffer. So now I have confusingly, I have now have three names because if I, when I look at it, the top, my URL it still says Sebastian SB on my URL, at least sometimes. But my display name is Keith Ballard, but my handle is Keith Ballard A. And that's once again, just because <laughs> that's just what my that's just what my email is. And it. It just became that, and I didn't like change it. And Keith Ballard's taken, so I guess it's just going to be that, because that's just my middle initial. Yeah, that's just what my email that my, my email address <laughs> is. <laughs> so I guess yeah, that's my was, handle now. It's I thought dumb. your middle initial was J for Jared. How dare you? 
<laughs> How dare you? I, stupid. It's stupid. such a funny so, moment. So we'll be holding auditions for a new cast member next week. and <laughs> oh, yeah. Auditions for a new colonel. He's getting recast. Yeah. Also, oh. <laughs> the real one's getting demoted so that the new one can take his rank. I'm looking yeah. forward he has to, to change all of his Colonel branding. JRPG. No! Yeah, <laughs> My hell. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm upset by this hypothetical person. <laughs> they haven't even arrived and you're I know. Well, they, they've self-selected into being upsetting. <laughs> it wasn't wow. self-selected. It was you guys selected if they're gonna it. Be, if, I assume that the JRPG came from their personality. I assume that's um, their fault. <laughs> and I'm yeah, not happy fair. about I can, that. I can see that. I can see the... They've played every Atelier game, and they think they're good. <laughs> oh, I know exactly the person. <laughs> <laughs> this person can tell you the names of every character in Manakemia, a game definitely people have played that wasn't a tax write-off or fraud scheme. I don't understand the jokes anymore. I feel like we we had we the the Colonel JRPG was in the house the whole time. It was just toaster. (laughs) (laughs) I've been traumatized by friends who like these weird budget games that they're like, oh no, like uh, I've gone through my life hanging out with anime fans and like gaming fans, especially when I was in high school, who were like, I think I found it. I found the secret best obscure game that no one's ever heard of that I'm right for loving. It's called, and they'd, you know, they'd be like, it's called Rhapsody, a musical adventure. And then I would be like, all right, let's check this out then. And I would play it and it would be like the worst game I've ever played. (laughs) That is just so obtuse with like 47,000 secret, like just grindy for the sake of grindy systems on it with the worst voice acting in the world. And like, you know, and then they'd be like, yeah, this is just like the peak of the genre. Like, why don't we get more of these in America? And I just like look at them and I'm like, the reason why we don't get more of these in America is because this game was probably some sort of tax scam <laughs> and I, and five people in the world have played it, including you. I really and <laughs> uh, yeah, I really hit my breaking That's point a, with JRPGs during the 360 era. We're like, for some reason, famously JRPGs were really bad. <laughs> yeah, but they kept making there was a lot of them and they, specifically they all wanted to be like original character. Do not steal or JRPGs. And so every single one of them had like a hyper complicated, over involved, uh, like leveling system that required like a lot of reading to figure out even what you were looking at, just to in the yeah. end have zero mechanical depth to it whatsoever. Like kind of akin yeah. to like the Final Fantasy 13. Like it kind of looks like it might be doing something like the sphere grid, but really you just hold the level up button for a while, and sometimes you have a slight optional node along the way. But they have to explain it for twenty minutes for some reason, like it, like it's they invented yep. leveling from scratch and you've never heard of it before because they made a weird, <laughs> fucked up, overproduced uh, interface for it. And yep. worst of all, like they had like the most incredibly over-explained, over-tutorialized, nightmarishly complicated battle systems, and mm-hmm. when you got through the tutorial, the end result would be, oh, it's a button masher. You just hit you just hit attack a lot mostly and like I guess there's like some elements happening sometimes or uh, bonus from behind. <laughs> I, I specifically remember getting Star Ocean: The Last Hope because mm-hmm. when I newly had when I was a I was a college student and I newly had income and I was like I can buy my own things and I I should optimize 
like for time, right? Like I just try to, I just try to get like the the most time per game, which is a bad a bad way to try to approach buying games. But I was like, JRPGs are long, and all these used ones are like twenty dollars. So I get like a bunch of like like forty to eighty hour games for only like twenty dollars each. So like I picked up like uh, Tales of uh, Vesperia and Star Ocean: The Last Hope and The Last Remnant and The Lost Odyssey and stuff like that. And uh, and Odyssey was definitely the best one. But Last Remnant was baffling. Uh, but fucking Star Ocean: The Last Hope. Before you even start the game, it puts you into a combat tutorial in an arena where you just mm-hmm. play like the it's like the equivalent of starting uh, doing the character guides of a fighting game where he just sits there mm-hmm. and just keeps starting over and doing another prompt and another explanation of another mechanic over and over again. And in Star Ocean's <laughs> case, God. you went down a vertical list of tutorials and they were longer than the screen and had to scroll. So I did an entire <laughs> hour of these. And then the moment I actually got into the game a little bit, it was just an action RPG. You yeah. just hit them a bunch. Like it was Kingdom Hearts or whatever. Like you just you just go thwack on people. And that's all there really is to it for the most part. So the fact that they yeah. thought they needed to front load the game before you had any narrative or mechanical hook with a, an entire hour of tutorials is insane. <laughs> yeah. That game is famously very bad and almost killed the studio that made it for good reason. That yeah, shit is honestly, <laughs> if you're making choices that bad, maybe you shouldn't be making games. Maybe everyone needs to scatter to the winds and get hired, be rescued by other studios. What an upsetting weird. And then the, yeah, second, wave of, bad... the second wave of this is that I would occasionally get caught up in the hype wave of a particular JRPG here and there to and be like, maybe I'll cover that for the channel innocent as i was and then i'd always be burned every single time by every new jrpg in in like the (laughs) ps4 era where every single time i did try one it was always just kind of a slog like tokyo mirage sessions just an irredeemable game it's a self-selection of of, but then every time this happened people would be like oh i get it i understand your taste i can see the pattern between the things you liked and the things you didn't like what you really need to play is this game and then that game would suck too so like I've <laughs> taken suggestions like three times now on top of being burned, and that's all been more stove hot. Do not touch stove. So I'm just like I don't I don't want to keep doing this. Like it's I don't want to keep trying new JRPGs that people totally swear this is the good one because I've been burned 100 percent of the time, and the uh, the fucking it's such an investment when you start one with the goal of that's finishing what you start yeah. that it's like. Cool. If I don't like this, I'm going to be here for a long time and, and you're all going to stop watching anyway. But people get that yeah. I want to finish things I start. So it's like it's just a lot easier never to play a JRPG ever again. Yeah, that, modern I mean, modern JRPGs are are kind of a mess. And the the that industry, that particular subset of design, especially games coming out of Japan, are just... yeah kind of lost without a paddle at the moment there are good modern jrpgs a lot of them yeah, are they're retro all, throwbacks they're all inspired which is by earthbound <laughs> yes yeah there's a the lot thing. of ones that are good good earthbound like stuff like that i still it's haven't even played genre. earthbound but i know that basically every turn-based rpg that i end up liking is actually inspired by earthbound you should fucking play Earthbound, dude. It's I probably good. should. There's game. infinite things to get caught up on, and I wasted my time playing what people recommended. Patreon's never that, chosen I, Earthbound. Fallout New frauds. Vegas wasn't that bad. <laughs> Fallout New Vegas isn't bad. It's just very long, and I'm, it's I'm, not mechanically interesting at all. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I, like no, Fallout I'm, I'm New Vegas you, needs. I wish it was a good video game no to play yeah. for most of the runtime. 
because like yeah. the the primary loops that make up the fallout 3d bethesda experience is are bad They're exploring bad. these places and picking up trash and fighting the exact same way for 40 hours uh yeah and i i made the mistake of thinking that the most beloved rpg of all time would have come up with like interesting mechanics for each of its types of play styles but uh no being a melee character really is just holding just down the heavy attack over and over again and yeah. one-shotting people and there's no other buttons basically and that's your it whole real well in stealth though and you can find your best weapon like in a couple hours into playing the game and then never change weapons again yeah and like that's that there should be more there. <laughs> there should be there should be more video game there. Honestly, <laughs> they, like they, they should they have spent their time I, doing that. I know. Stuff. I know that the background is that this game came out uh, like it's a miracle it even got finished and it came out so fast and cheap and all that. And I know the background of Fallout New Vegas and that it's like its whole reputation in part comes from like it's so shocking that like the one one of our favorite things ever came out in the most unlikely scenario and whatnot. But it's still think- like. It's extremely noticeable that it's a very rushed game in several aspects, and that's one of them. Where you're just like, I, yeah, I don't. They forgot to give me gameplay. <laughs> I don't I have. Think... I have a whole playstyle where I don't ever do anything. <laughs> There's a lot of meme to the fact that the, uh, it's the favorite game of a lot of people these days. I'm not sure where it started, but cer- certainly not. After oh, it, uh, it def- there's definitely uh, something you said about like a weird internet group thing thing where certain specific yeah. video games you just hear enough that like it's like the equivalent of like hearing about yeah, Citizen is, Kane yeah. without watching Citizen Kane. Like yeah. you just keep hearing about how it's the best thing ever and then everyone starts repeating that thought like as a yeah. and yeah, meme is the right word for it too, like in the original sense of the word. Like the like not yeah, the, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, not yeah. like wacky jokes, but like this weird like viral thought that continues. Like meme mm-hmm. the way that Kojima used it in Metal Gear Solid 2 is like yeah. an explanation of why like specifically people like uh and it's not to say that they're bad, but the way that people like incredibly heavily fixate on the likes of like New Vegas and Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines and a few other games that have been specifically uh Final Fantasy Seven and a few games that have very specifically just like uh and uh, and uh was it uh Dark Souls 1 and only Dark Souls 1 and uh Ocarina of Time like there's not, specific not the there's specific <laughs> games that are inescapably the best games ever forever and we don't entirely know how it happened and there's a lot of there's a lot of competitors that can chip away at elements of that context and also those games are like they're discussed in a way where their flaws almost are like erased from public erased discourse 100%. in a strange way. Oh, yeah. But I think that's better. Like, just to tie it back to the JRPG thing, because I wanted to say something about that. I think that's better. That's a better genre, a better fan base. Well, it's not better fan base because that sounds like really shitty of me to say. But I'm saying it's better for the fan base to have something like that, sort of, sort of like a beacon that maybe a lot of people haven't even played or just saw some stuff on YouTube and know the principles of why some people like it. It's better than what at least traditional JRPGs are. Earthbound. uh, Which is like... Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. Yeah, because the whole game isn't even a traditional JRPG, though. I know, but it's... The Paper Mario isn't? It is. Well, not super traditional, but in the sense that it it features so many of the tropes of uh, gameplay specifically, but also you know quest structure and world exploration party gathering semi-linear exploration encouraged but not that intensive turn-based combat game yeah 
and it everybody just has, who it just plays has its that. own quirky leveling systems and so on that yeah make it yeah, recognizable exactly. in some ways but then, when you, but then when you look slightly deeper you're like wait yeah, no this just is a jrpg isn't it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like, but it's the whole fan base self-filtered into liking. And I mean, they, they legitimately like those games, but it's such a like detached from the rest of the industry. Uh, well, I mean, a, a couple of months ago, there was there was some talk about what even JRPG means and and how um, it might be used de- derogatorily towards um, Japanese developers. I don't think, as somebody who doesn't play many JRPGs, I don't think. A game like, for example, the new Final Fantasies can be considered a JRPG if we're going to no. talk about a genre. Because if we're no, just going to talk about, oh, they are RPGs from Japan, then the word doesn't really. Yeah, have this was the meaning. point of my JRPG yeah. absurdism over the last few years, yeah. where I'm just like, if you're going to call, if Final, if we're going to keep calling Final Fantasy a JRPG, that means that Monster Hunter, Dark Souls, and, and Dark Yakuza, Souls, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially Yakuza, is a JRPG. Yeah, well, so so this is a this is a conversation about taxonomy and about the importance of terminology and the importance of people actually knowing the definitions of certain things that they talk about, which they don't. And this has to do with false cognates. Yeah. So, for example, people (laughs) see the term. I'm going to talk about this. The people see the term JRPG. It's just that false cognate sounds like an entity in the Matrix. No, a false cognate is a is a word that sounds one way and looks like it means something, but actually yeah. means something else. Walking yeah. simulator. Uh, yeah. Artificial yeah, intelligence. Dark is, people kept saying, yeah. like, Death Stranding is a walking simulator. I'm like, that's not... I understand that's <laughs> what the words technically say, but that's yes. not how that term has ever been used. You can't call yes. pathologic and Death Stranding walking simulators even no, just because no, they, they feature it walking. It is how the term... That's the thing. That's no. why it's muddy. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off for too long. Yes. But it is. It has people <laughs> ha- do use walking simulator like that, though. That's what makes it muddy. Yes. But well, we, we, yeah. So the issue is linguistic <laughs> drift there, taxonomical drift. And uh, so JRPG is a really good example of this. JRPG stands for Japanese RPG. Out of context, completely divorced from its setting and historiography, you would see this term and think, Okay, I know what an RPG is. Japanese RPG must just be an RPG that comes from Japan. But that is not what the term JRPG means. JRPG refers to a specific ethos and ideology of design that occurred going from the late 80s to maybe the mid 2000s before things started to diverge. Yeah, that originated in Japan. That evolved from games like Wizardry that were classified as dungeon crawlers and CRPGs and became games like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, where they fit a taxonomical bracket that has more in common with each other than other RPGs. So when people say this is a JRPG, or at least when they used to, they did not mean this is just an RPG that happens to come from Japan. They mean this is a game that has a lot in common with traditional Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and, you know, other turn-based Japanese, like Earthbound would be a JRPG that's got twists on the genre, you know, like things like that. So that's also why, and this is something people don't seem to understand and they, they never seem to think about when I bring this up to them, I'm like, let's talk about Sea of Stars. And they're like, oh, that's a JRPG. And I'm like, yeah made by a company in the West. So it's not an RPG from Japan, but it is a JRPG, which yeah. means people are approaching taxonomically it like it's speaking. Scotch. 
Exactly. It's like taxonomically <laughs> speaking, being from Japan is not actually a a a marker for what makes something a JRPG because there are games that taxonomically are JRPGs that do not come from Japan. Ergo, you know, you can you can just kind of write this out mathematically being from Japan is not not what defines something as a JRPG, right? And yeah. you see this happen with gaming a lot because people are really divorced from the historiography and the context of older games. They'll be like, oh, like this is an RPG because RPG, you're playing a role. And it's like, that's that's not what those things meant when we were talking yeah. about them like academically yeah. or like industry-wise or contextually. But because people don't play old games and because they don't know the context of where these things come from, the terms begin to drift. And that's like that's like actually a huge problem with video gaming discourse is because people don't realize that like things things do evolve and change and that like just because yeah. like just because it's called Final Fantasy doesn't make it a JRPG. You know, like the the newest Final Fantasy is basically just a character action game. It's just Devil May Cry. That's all it is. It's Devil May Cry with a with a leveling mechanic tacked onto it. But you like you customize your moveset and you use special mechanics. It's like a it's a crappy ARPG. Like that's what it is. It's a pretty cool game. It's an interesting game. No one's saying that it's not, but it isn't a JRPG. It's an ARPG at the very least. I think the evolution of the word RP or the term and the genre RPG is very muddy, and the vast yep. majority of people forget it, or or actually, probably the vast majority of people don't even know it. Like detailed because the term as applied to computer games didn't actually start out meaning any sort of choices and consequences like happen yeah. in, in turn in tabletop it's just yep. the the first few rpgs were just the translation of the mechanical aspect of, of tabletop role-playing games into yes. computer which is why you get the roguelikes uh, or rogue you get rogue but you're actually a calabeth i think before rogue or yeah forget the other title but there's there's a couple of games before rogue but you get games like that where you literally just build a character and go into a dungeon and dungeon crawl, uh, which is what a, a roguelike is like. And uh, mm -hmm. in fact, you know, JRPGs are very much based on that sort of ethos. And that's why there's not very often choices and consequences in JRPGs, because it's just not what they're there for. The, the mm -hmm. mechanical engagement of the player with the game, or the enjoyment, I should say, the mechanical enjoyment of the player is is like it's sort of abstract to the themes of the game and it, and that's why things like the rpg maker even survive or make any sense to a lot of to a huge part of the fan base for me it never made any sense uh, for as a creative person when i think of making a game myself i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to mod another game which is effectively what rpg <laughs> maker is i'm i'm going to yeah. you know i'm i'm going to think up character systems and gameplay mechanics and camera movement and ai and there's a bunch of other things that go into making games that yeah, RPG Maker is a lot better these days than it used to be when it. Yeah, when until I you get Lisa. Tried. Yeah, but but it's still it's it, like when it when it came out, it was very limited, and it still made a lot of other a lot of popular games. People made stuff with RPG Maker that was enjoyable and yeah, fit you made in the Niki, genre. I think. Yeah, you made Niki was it, made basically every Earthbound inspired fan game is RPG Maker. Like <laughs> it happens because of people just are looking for more more themes different themes perhaps or or more stories 
using this set of mechanics. And that's why yeah. the other day there was somebody in Keith's comment section talking about, uh, I think it was actually in, the, in response to our previous um, podcast, talking about uh, better games than Skyrim. And their their requirements were very specifically tied to the mechanics of Skyrim, an open world, first person dungeon crawler. And yeah. when you put it like that, there there are other games like that. Although the first person it does takes you to stuff like Forgotten City, where you're like, the more you play Forgotten City, the more it's just very weird that this system is forced to play like Skyrim because it was originally yeah. a Skyrim mod when it benefits almost in no ways from playing like Skyrim. Yeah. It, but, but the thing is, there's a certain mentality for a lot of people where they like this game and they feel comfortable playing this game. And what they look for isn't... Or rather, I'm not going to say what it isn't. I'm going to say what it is. What they look for in other games are similarities in mechanics. And that's why shooters are so popular, or were so popular anyway, um, for in the, the 2000s and early two, in early 2010s. Um, it's because the mechanics are right there. So if you want a new shooter, you look at the graphics. I like the graphics. Let's go. I know what I'm expecting, right? And these days yeah. it's a little bit different. Because also, gaming is a completely different scene in the mainstream now. So it's not like th this conversation isn't even relevant for for mainstream anymore 95 but i think people yeah <laughs> yeah but for for uh for for us distinguished gamers that that listen and have our own podcasts about games we tend to think of ourselves as um as people with preferences more on the mechanical side than on the story side of things and that's why jrpgs are the way they are because people just have the preference of i want auto combat because uh, the combat is so shallow <laughs> That, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. So, that's such a weird thing to me i'm just one of the most I'm, damning I'm just... things you can see i can hear yeah. about these games is that they have remakes where you have they have a fast forward button and i'm like yeah okay well so i don't really want to play that game then it's, <laughs> i don't like it's that wild sound to me. i mean it's yeah. fine it's okay for a for like if you like that it's fine i, I can like, i can understand that on, even yeah, stuff like, like final fantasy 12 where you're like that was relatively late that's not that yeah. old, and it still needed a fast-forward <laughs> right. button because its pacing because is so fucked up. I'm like, oh, no. I like mean, the, a big, a big of... thing with this, too, is just that people's people's focus and, like, interest in things just has decreased. And so what I, what I mean by this is... So uh, people complain about Final Fantasy IX's combat taking a really long time, which is interesting to me. Because battles in that game last maybe like a minute, a minute or two. Wow. And you're playing through this game and you like you hit a random encounter, right? And you have like maybe 30, 45 seconds, kill an enemy in two or three hits, whatever, cast fire on them. This is a resource check. It's a skill. It's there to, to provide attrition and create a situation. It's got beautiful, beautiful 3D art for the time. Amazing music. But... People nowadays get into that random encounter. They sit there for a minute and they're like, oh, it takes so long. I'm losing my life to these encounters. Why don't I have a fast forward button? And I'm like, motherfucker, you can't just like, are you seriously? It, even over the course of the game, playing hundreds of encounters. Cool. That's like an hour and a half. You spent an hour and a half of the game playing the game. Is there a problem? Is How there really that much of a problem on this with planet? that? I've got two and minutes. Make it I have exactly. other games to play, or so maybe. <laughs> there definitely are games out there that I think, like I think, for example, Final Fantasy XII. You you can read the 
the use of a fast forward button as a oh no combat is too slow and like too brainless you speed it up to make it less tedious but final fantasy 12's actual mechanical design is about creating order sets for your characters and seeing them play out and testing things so what you actually use that fast forward for is like, all right, I am testing out to see how this loadout works. Oh, I'm seeing a problem and I'm going to pause combat and change how my orders work and stuff. But the way that most people play it, because they don't interface with the game, is they just put they make the main character attack and then put fast forward on times four and it turns what would be a 30 minute encounter because they're not playing the game right into a five minute encounter because they're fast forwarding through playing the game poorly, which is like, that's kind of, it's a weird way of framing these games that I think just speaks mm, to why players are bad at them more so than <laughs> like, Oh no, the point is to skip the game. Uh, that being said, most JRPGs have really bad combat and they're criminally afraid of putting obstacles in front of players. Um, which, which means just no one will to... learn the game in the process of playing exactly. it. Which raises exactly. the question of why you almost the way why you would learn the game on some level. Satisfaction. Yes. Those Completely skills aren't like applicable anywhere. Box. Oh exactly. yeah, I, I definitely agree. If like the idea that the idea that the real game happens when you beat a JRPG and then you go to the optional dungeon and it's like what? Yeah, I beat the I beat well, the game. The story is over. I don't it's care. It's such a pain in the ass. I hate that. I hate it when games do that. That's actually one of my biggest problems with Super Mario Odyssey, is that Super Mario Odyssey has one of the greatest move sets in any video game ever, and it has some of the best movement in any 3D platformer. And the game never once needs you to touch that until you're doing uh, the reverse moons or whatever they're called, the like dark side oh, moons like, or yeah, you know, like the post game is the only part where the game goes, hey, we have mechanics. You should play with them. And then even then, it well, isn't until like half of the way through the mechanics or through the post game that it actually starts putting things in front of you. And this you isn't a games need to be hard to be good thing, but it is a audiences are unwilling to put any effort into things. And as a result, games are worse because they're they refuse to play with their own systems which is just a shame it's sad did you like it when celeste did the same thing or am i misunderstanding and celeste didn't do the same thing i mean i think celeste makes you need to have mechanical competency and understand how to play the game way oh, but you don't sooner need, you don't need you don't, to beat the game you don't need to understand even like the i forget the name of the dash jump thing but I like, think you, the, I think Celeste puts a lot more on the player <laughs> throughout its main it, campaign. I mean, Celeste I've expects never a lot of you. It just never requires you to have learned the weird tech that it never taught tech. you yeah. until the yeah. DLC, on, where on apparently the they literally teach you that tech and require it. Yeah, on, on yeah. the B sides, you need to have. Well, actually, if you're a super good player, apparently you don't, because I've seen a video about it. But uh, it's in general, yeah. it's a good. It's understood that you want to know that tech on yeah. the B sides and C sides. So. I guess my thing here is that like, yes, I like that Celeste does stuff like this, but the 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 point here isn't games should be harder earlier on. It's that games are critically bad at teaching people how to play optimally or teaching them how to use the tools yeah. that they've been given. 
And their solution, especially in modern times, has been to make the difficulty curve of a compulsory part of a video game, like basically a a very linear, very low grade slope. Like it's like a 2% slope, completely linear until the end when it suddenly goes optional content is here and spikes the difficulty for that optional content, which I think <laughs> is really weird because it means one, the only people that get to experience the game as it at its fullest potential are people who self-select in and two, the people who self-select in either have to already have on their own explored those optional things completely bereft from the game itself or suddenly have to learn in the hellfire moment of trying to go through this optional stuff and bounce off it a hundred times until they get it, which is also really bad for uh, encouraging people to try to play those sections, which is why when you look at like achievements for games, especially for games like Celeste, it's like 0.25% of people have all the B sides in Celeste or whatever, or like, I'm not, I don't know the actual numbers there, but like, that's Mm -hmm. why people don't, don't do the optional content in games. They're like, oh, that's optional. I won't touch it. That's like too hard. You have to be a god gamer to do that. And it's like you that's don't. The reason why you I don't. Do the, the game just <laughs> needs to teach you better. You know, like you just need to. Uh, I'm not good enough. You need to get there. You totally get could be. Nah, the game's nah, very You can hard. always get there. You can I get jittery with control, like with the, with the with the sure firm yeah, hands. For yeah, I, I'm better firm hands yeah. on the wheel on steering wheel rather than necessarily the, sure. the controller. And of course, right. there are going to be challenges that some people can't do that like are better suited for other players. Like variants always exist. My point is yeah. games should be better at onboarding people into being good at the games. I because think no biggest... one is no one is born good at every game. It should be a you should be teaching people how to take advantage of your systems so that they engage with them and they have a good time with them. And it's interesting rather than I'm, making your game oatmeal like plain oatmeal flavored so that you know the why, most people buy it. <laughs> you, you know why that is, though, is like it ties into you saying that JRPGs are deathly afraid of uh, putting obstacles in the player's path. A game like the easiest solution for a game who that has boring combat or say current i'm sorry uh boring uh gameplay the easiest solution for a game that has boring gameplay is to never force the player to repeat yeah. the gameplay they did before and yeah, that way exactly. they can sort of spoon fo- spoon feed uh progress story progress or or experience bars or whatever items you know there's there's a lot of mechanics for that but the reward is the start of the reason when i die in in Baldur's Gate 3 and in divinity original sin 2 and in there's a bunch of games like that well, in games that are meant to be where you die and can try again. But when I die in Baldur's Gate 3, I look forward to trying again. I'm not, oh, I, that fight yeah. I was almost yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I'm going to have another, I'm going to play more. It's lovely, amazing. I love it. And <laughs> and yeah. uh, if I can't, it's like a stra- strategical decision where I'm like, okay, I can't do this. Let's Let's come back with a different build or level up a little or get better items, whatever. And that's fun because the gameplay itself is fun. If it isn't fun, then all of that is is wasted. And I have played games like that where where you die at the end. It's like, oh, no, I can't believe I'm going to have to do all that again. And that's because the gameplay isn't fun. To me, specifically, it isn't fun. It doesn't mean that it's not to everybody, but I and think... I've, I've said it for years that, like, if you if your game is bad, the best thing you can do is make it easy. Yeah. Because yeah. then people so... <laughs> will just frictionlessly just burst through it and they won't have to realize how nightmarishly bad it is 
It's like akin yeah. to like how Yick had that one comically broken record throw move on the main character that let you one shot most encounters for the entire game. Oof. And so you never had to engage with how uh, truly awful Yick's combat actually is because that one m m button single handedly busted the entire thing. Stephanie and I were playing and the fucking combat update happened in our last episode. So it's, so we lost our our skip combat attack and had to actually play the combat. And it's one of the worst things that's ever happened. I mean, <laughs> Damn. I remember it was terrible. Yes. And like there's an like, anima Mostly. chain of memories or gate of memories or whatever was like a game that like just was viciously brutal and that it had these massive bullet sponge enemies and it was relatively punishing. But it was just the worst combat I've ever seen. And like, like again and again, I was thinking like, yeah, if you just failed to make coherent systems, the easiest solution is just to make them easy, and then people will just burst through it all, and they're more they don't have to sit here and live in this the way that I am in some of these games. <laughs> yeah, Yeek was was the problem is that easy is just seen as a default, and that's just frustrating. Uh, like, I was disappointed. Do you think like, easy like, is seen as a, a default though? Do you, yeah, you think that's true. I think yeah. making games easy is the default. Oh, I see. I see. I see I'm not saying picking mean. easy is the default. I People see, often see, want see. to pick, pick normal or hard or something. I was very disappointed because we were playing Remnant too, and I'm like, okay, well, we're playing a three-player co-op looter shooter game where you can pick people up uh, and, and revive them. So, like, playing with a third person exponentially increases how easy the game is. Most likely, I'll pick hard mode. That that'll that'll balance that out, right? Turns out hard mode is like crushingly impossible because it's not normal video game hard mode. It's Diablo hard mode. It's like starting on nightmare in a mm -hmm. game where your power level affects the difficulty. And so it's like this is a oh no. <laughs> so it's seemingly a new game plus mode, but it's not explained yeah. that way. So like it was literally impossible. I was, yeah. I'm sure it's not literally impossible, but it was like so crushingly difficult. And then we then we tried normal mode. And it's so comically easy. Like, there's no, there's just no middle ground. Like, how do I, like, I just want the game to, like, but, have some level of me paying attention, being rewarded, and, like, some effort in our group collectively. But not, I, like, us, uh, we've, not like we've been playing, this is the first boss fight in the entire game, and we've been fighting for an hour. Like, yeah. like and there should be something between those, if you have, if you have difficulty selects. But no, apparently not. I think... There, uh, the middle ground might not always be the solution because Oblivion specifically has a middle ground. So the... Um, I mean, every Elder Scrolls game has terrible difficulty sliders. The, the sli yes, because yeah. the slider of, a, Just of an Elder Scrolls going game, up. it's numbers. And in yeah. specific Oblivion, if I remember correctly, the vanilla one, it scales... Okay. Uh, so if you max out the difficulty, it scales enemies to like 10 times the health and do 10 times yeah. damage or something absurd like that. Uh, yeah. And I remember when yeah, I was a kid when the game came out. I, well, I was 18 or something, but still, uh, I remember because it's been a while. <laughs> Hi, it's been 94 years. And I remember when I realized like maybe 30 hours into the game, because I was restarting the game at, at a certain point. Um, it took me forever to, I, I only recently finished Oblivion, by the way, because I I, I, I I never finished it at the time. I played it for like 200 hours and never finished it, uh, which I, I suppose is a normal experience. But it took me like 30 hours to realize that if I cranked the difficulty slider to the maximum at the start of the game, the game was, it wasn't unplayable, but it was it's just the enemies were, you were fighting the same mud crab for like a solid two or three minutes. 
because it just <laughs> took forever. It was absurd, depending on your build, obviously, because uh, no, it depends on the how. The slider made no sense in that game at all. Yeah, and and it was like, wait, so if if maxing it out doesn't make the game good, am I supposed to find and decide what is good for me? And I never did. I set it to normal, and I just play... From then on, I play all Elder Scrolls games on normal, and I do not think about it. Mostly because the yeah. gameplay isn't also very engaging. So it's not like a Dark yeah. Souls gameplay where, where it matters. No, it's, but most matters. Bethesda games are very frictionless, like, milk toast yeah. ex yep. gray experiences. And there's also nowhere to go with it. Like, they're so mechanically yep. shallow that increasing the difficulty doesn't give you anything to play with. Like, there's not a lot of, like... It's not Dark Souls. You're not like, here's my dodge roll and here's my block and here's like my series of like, like really concrete be. movement tools and so on to play with, interact with melee combat. Interestingly, it's very much like a weird slap fight with the most weightless swords ever and so on. Like it's never felt good. But I, I remember because I, I played Oblivion back when it was out and specifically uh, I hit the tournament arc at the arena. Oh, yeah. And... Mm -hmm. Suddenly, I was forced to engage with the combat of Oblivion without any exploration or narrative context. It was just fight a guy, fight a guy, yeah. over and over again. And I was so sometimes I was immediately guys. so bored. Those, I, that's that's when I went scary. in and discovered the difficulty setting. And I was like, okay, let's see if I can make the game fun. Is it hiding here? And one. A slider is just the most baffling difficulty select ever, as if you need a hundred difficulties in a game. Like, what the fuck? Like, what does that mean? Uh, and there's no, like... And, like, one, like, difficulty isn't even linear as a concept. Like, people, when they make difficulty settings in a game, they'll have individual difficulty settings that emphasize specific elements of the game for what you're heightening. Like, if you want to make it more of a survival game, or if you want to make it, uh, like, combat more uh, punishing or... Like different things that you want to like highlight, like kind of like how like fucking Devil May Cry is like. Here's the you get you you die in one hit mode. <laughs> that's not that's not linear mm -hmm. difficulty escalation, but like yeah, no, Oblivion yeah. is just like here's a slider. What does the slider mean? What do the parts of it mean? I don't know. All I know is I turned up that slider and suddenly I was just stuck in an arena with somebody who seemingly had infinite health, but also couldn't really do much to me, and they were just healing themselves forever. They just kept casting yep. spells, so they were just seemingly unkillable. And I, I yep. look at this uh, this escalation of unkillability, and I'm like, what tools do I even have mechanically yep. to interact with that? Like, there's just an unkillable enemy, and I don't think I can... In, an, in a game that was there concretely designed in a way that's like, you're playing this character, and you're at this point in this linear sequence of levels... You have these abilities so far, that kind of stuff. That kind of game you could trust to be like, okay, like, yeah, you jump on the Koopas and that makes them fall upside down and in, in, in Thousand Year Door or whatever. Like, there's like, you'd expect an interaction to be in, integrated in the game that would let you deal with what's happening. But it's just Oblivion, a game where you've never thought or done anything <laughs> interesting ever and your character doesn't have yeah. any interesting tools. And then suddenly the yeah. enemy just has infinite power and you're like, that's. I don't have a counter to that. I don't even know what the game would want me to do. It never taught me. Yeah. This game hasn't like, so the, it, like if there is a trick here, the game has never taught me how to play it. So I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is happening? So it's just, it, it, the game was just unplayable on higher difficulties. Like I, it was. A whole, yeah. 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 There was no find your own fun. It was just get burned by the attempt to experience the game differently and then be like, nope, never again. 
There are tools to uh, to do that though. Uh, you could uh, yeah. you probably couldn't at the time, but uh, if you reload it, you could you can paralyze enemies unless they're immune to it, which when they are they are actually immune. But you can paralyze enemies and prevent them from casting spells, but not from using potions. So it, it it's because uh, they can use potions the moment they get out of paralyze. So if they have potions well, so... in their inventory, it's yeah, it's not yeah. It's not well, the thing I'm gonna game. say about that is that just like. I think the big thing here, too, that people talk about when they talk about difficulties are like, well, there are mechanics that you can use to get around it. But then my response to that is like, but the game one isn't designed around those mechanics like this. This encounter yes. was not designed to test your ability on using paralyze or solving the, the issue, like solving exactly. this equation exactly. out of the box. The presence yeah. of mechanics that can soften bad encounter design does not inherently make that encounter design good. Um, and so, like, that's my issue with, like, Bethesda difficulty. It's like, yep. you're just putting a slider that pushes the numbers up. Can I, can I do the proper math equation to outnumber those numbers? Sure. But, like, one, that's not a skill that the game was designed around. Two, that doesn't, it's not tested anywhere else. Three, it that's not playing the game there's no ludo narrative there that is literally just i did a math equation <laughs> i did the math equation that this particular opportunity created for me because i put the slider really high like that's that's such a bummer like i get so sad thinking about that mm -hmm. i wish games i wish games had a better approach to difficulty and that's honestly why i kind of don't like difficulty levels especially especially in terms of games where it's just like the enemies are harder on a higher difficulty like, give me yeah, different AI, this, give me like different encounters. Like, oh, you want higher coherent difficulties? Well, most developers never made a, a single coherent difficulty level. Yeah, a single coherent like, difficulty. Like, like the exactly. game doesn't mechanically come together to begin with, so how are you going to have, like, escalation yeah. of that? Yeah. Besides yeah. just breaking the system and making it torturous. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. and especially when, like, you... That demo, demoralizing, demoralizing feeling when you feel good and com and comfortable at a game and you're confident and you choose you know you crank it up and yeah it's just the like it is either so hollow that it doesn't it's not worth doing or it's yep. just so ridiculously un unbalanced that you're like well now i'm just going to suffer even though it's not a skill issue it's just a poor it's a poor design yeah. choice like it just nine times sucky. out of ten it just becomes tedious more so than like challenging yeah it's like <laughs> yeah i can do this but i really don't want to spend 50 hours in a game that i could just beat normally in like 20 like why yeah. am i going to do that when i'm not going to get satisfied from it i'm just going to be frustrated like oh good great yeah. i think a, an easy solution oftentimes is just to add more enemies of the difficulty making the difficulty be just add more enemies. It depends on the game, but if it's like a strategy game, or like a Baldur's Gate kind of game, I could see that a Baldur's Gate... Baldur's Gate doesn't do it like that. As far as I know, it does a mixture of health pools and damage uh, and uh, and artificial... Or the, the AI of the enemies yep. is better at higher difficulties. It's actually yep. amazing. They, they cast all the right spells and push people around. It's incredible. But uh, the... Just the, the, the trick of adding more enemies could be uh, like... Yeah. I don't know why people don't do it that more often. I think the, I think it just might mean that. How how would a game like because the thing the thing with extra enemies is that a, uh, a game like Oblivion is so based around aggroing uh, only a couple yeah. of enemies at a time when you are yeah. up against a challenging group that adding more enemies just doesn't actually, you know, doesn't make the gameplay directly more difficult. It just takes longer because there's more of them to kill. 
I think I think it depends. I don't think having just more enemies is it, but like a, a good example that I would think of like here in this Baldur's Gate situation is like okay, on easy mode, let's say like on easy mode there is uh, a barrel with a bunch of oil next to this encounter that's near a torch. Oh, yeah, so right cool. on your first turn, you can shoot the torch and knock it into the barrel and the barrel explodes and kills three enemies. Right? Like doing interesting yeah. environmental things whereas like if on hard mode by the time you get there, uh, the bar- the barrel's filled with water instead of oil, or like something like that. You know, like mm-hmm. it directly affects what tools you have to encounter a scenario. That when added with things like enemies have better AI, or like maybe maybe on hard mode that barrel filled with oil is still there, but the enemy layout is different. It's different. So yeah. that instead of taking cover behind the barrel that's filled with oil that can explode, an enemy will take cover behind a pillar that's far enough out of range that in order to get the barrel explosion and feel smart and use that tool you need to you need to strategically get the opponent over there first or so your strategy can the remain barrel the same. at you yes they do exactly they do that <laughs> exactly like those that can be a really cool way of approaching difficulty but just so many games don't because of course and again i'm not i'm not unsympathetic here uh there are there are absolutely devs that I'm sure would love to do this that just don't fucking have time to do it because game development is hard and it takes a lot of time and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, like, the other thing is that, like, I, I think it starts with the players. I think part of the issue is that, like, again, it's... it's. I think people took the wrong lessons from, like, wanting games to be art and, like, games being for everyone and stuff is it's, like... We, when I was younger, there was this really big push in games to be like, well, I like games for the story and the stories are so deep and you can enjoy them for the story. It's not just about shooting things or killing things. And this was true. Yeah. And and this is true. But then, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) but then people took the wrong lesson from it. And now I see people who play, you know, JRPGs and they're like, I love Persona. Persona's so good and it's such a cool cool rpg with great story just the best rpg ever i play it on easy mode um because like i don't want i don't want to have to think i just want the story i'm playing it for the story the story's good and it's like okay you can play the game how you want but like maybe do you realize that you're like kind of (laughs) kind of doing harm to the thing that you were trying to like talk about being really well designed and, and artistic and having merit and you just kind of consumified it like you made it into a commodity <laughs> by trying to trying to argue with people that it was actually more than just a commodity like that's the end result i think of that is people not wanting to engage wanting to enjoy and consume endlessly kind of oh, killed I see it what you mean you know like this idea of like it's for everyone and everyone should be entitled to enjoy the one thing they like about it but the thing is is that when games became massive they stopped being an engaged experience by and large that you needed to invest time into and now we're just like immediate consumption commodity everyone who wants anything out of this can get it immediately with no no engagement and it like i feel like it just devalues it devalues the experience that people are having and the the sad thing about it is that people don't even realize that it's devaluing it because they they truly well, be, believe be, they truly believe that they're getting everything they can get out of it and it's like that's sad that's very distressing that, that's because it devalues the experience in general and not in, on an yeah. individual basis it's like yes. playing 
I grew up playing GTA 2 just cheat mode all the time. And obviously yeah, I yeah. only experienced the game in that facet growing up. I had a yeah. lot of fun and my experience was that, but and yeah. obviously I, I didn't have an impact in the market as a whole, but the uh, what you're talking about is, is market trends being influ influenced by that sort of attitude. Um, and I think I see where you're, where you're coming from. I think, I, I, yeah, it's it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. I, I I think, I think I don't know. There's a lot of marketing as well. Like people, yes. From what I've seen of, have you played Persona Toaster? Is it just? I mean, at this yeah, point, yeah, I've one hundred percented every single Persona game. <laughs> and and do you agree that the story is really good? They're fine. Yeah, that's my impression as well. Like, because okay. the, the marketing comes comes at it so strong. It's like, oh, this is a, these are the best written games ever. And I'm like, yeah, no, Outer Wilds is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Ludo, Ludo narrative is a big thing, right? And like, oh, I've yeah. often found that this the when games are like, I love the stories of games. I often talk to people who are like that, and then I'm like, you didn't actually understand. <laughs> The narrative of this game or like what your player narrative was you liked the idea of the story that was being told to you if you put on blinders to all of the things that you have mechanically taken part in as part of this telling of this story and so i think that also devalues uh devalues narratives and it's it's the reason it's funny people in the comments and stuff have said before they're like you know toaster isn't like a story-minded person he's like a gameplay first player and i'm like Y'all are fucking crazy. Like you are, you have completely misread me because I am a super intellectual, like I like stories and games and games that do things cool with their stories first beyond anything else. If a game is just gameplay, you have to make a very strong argument for me to, fi to find it interesting because I want games that say things. I just want things to also say things with their mechanics. So, like, mm -hmm. if a game is just yeah. story, it's it's missing 50% of the equation. And if a game is just gameplay, it's missing 50% of the equation. That's oh, not yeah. to say that games need to have incredible stories to be worthwhile. You can have really simple stories that are motivated by really simple gameplay, and the execution of those things can be so good that I would give them, like, a 10 out of 10, you know? Like, like mm -hmm. I think, you know, using Celeste as a great example, Celeste has great gameplay and a great story, even if its story is just very simply told and like in the end it's it's not like this moving you know heart swelling cinematic you narrative i think it is moving heart swelling oh my god i, I think you're up every time <laughs> sure i'm not saying like, that's not middle, what it's doing like my favorite scene i is find when... it i find it emotional what i'm saying is it's not like a and then the music swells and I'm watching a cutscene oh, where mean, a character, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, yeah, yeah. I'm not going oh, to watch like, it's not, of it. that's the best exactly, exactly. And those things are really meaningful. So when I compare fucking Celeste, which is a relatively simple game with a relatively simple narrative told very effectively, very subtly right there. And then I look at Mario, I'm like, why the fuck would I ever play a Mario game? Sure. It's colorful. But once again, we're back to the point of like, I can close my my eyes and imagine fireworks because what else am I going to get out of it? The gameplay might be okay. Cool. I can play other games that have great gameplay and great narrative and great Ludo narrative all tied together that are more engaging and more mentally stimulating than like, I'm going to hop on some Koopas again because Mario's got to get all the dingles to, to get the stars back in the sky. 
and then it's like all right like yeah, i guess I learned this from the exists. paper mario games that i don't want a mario game to try to have a story because they're so they're tedious <laughs> Yeah, well, like, I mean, I re- I'm not even talking yeah. about like, story. If anything, story. I'm if just anything saying, like, I just want like something. Bowser to show up periodically and just be like, not just like villainous, but like villainous in a way that's slightly surprising and funny. Like, just go like sure. have some quirks yeah. to it that are very entertaining, and that's like eighty percent of what I ever enjoy about Mario's like storytelling. Because like, yeah, 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 holy shit! Like, talk about a fire hot. Do not touch fire. Like, I did not like Paper Mario at all. And then people mm-hmm. are like, well, you, that's because you haven't played Thousand Year Door. That's the good one. And then I played Thousand Year Door. And I'm like, this is almost the it same game. And it's not and it's not very interesting. Uh, <laughs> and now they're just like, oh, now you got to play Super Mario Mario. That'll be the one that'll finally get you. I'm like, why are you guys like this? I haven't liked two of these it's games so, and they're both <laughs> long. Why do you think I like the third one? They keep it's bringing so it up. I don't believe them. <laughs> Paper Mario is another one of those series that I find really intriguing because because when they were coming out, Paper Mario was well received. Thousand Years Door was very well received. Then Super Paper Mario came out, and people were like, "This series is dead. It's this is the worst. I can't believe they did this. This is terrible." <laughs> and then the next one came out, and people were like, "Holy fuck, this is even worse than Super Paper Mario." And then the 3DS ones came out, or whatever, and they were like, "People were like, this is it. I can't believe they're still making these. Every single decision behind these games are terrible." But every single time this happens, people are like, "Actually, Super Paper Mario was go- actually Sticker Star was good." And I'm like, "No, it wasn't. No one." It's at, at people, this point, people do this with Sonic Unleashed. They're like, Sonic Unleashed was actually good. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. People, Stop rewriting people history. That. Yes, no they one do. Likes they this say stuff. that at yeah. us a lot. Uh, a but yeah, lot. no, the, I, judging by the discourse that I'm exposed to from people trying to get me to play it, it definitely seems like Paper Mario fans have completely rehabilitated Super Paper Mario. Uh, this is fascinating. Just because I remember decided when it came that, out. It's, that it's a good one now. Yeah, I remember when it came out and Paper Mario fans for years, like the entire Wii generation was like, well, the franchise is dead. They killed it. They ruined everything that made it good. It's just like, all right, well, you know, again, and these are these are games that I'm like, I'm not particularly invested in. It's just like, it's just yeah. very fascinating to see the rewriting of history by people who were not there when it happened. And then like, you know, you see things online and people are like, no, people really loved Super Paper Mario when it came out. And I'm like, Bitch, I was there. No, they did not. <laughs> well, they did yeah, not like I mean, this game. I was on the forums, motherfuckers. Like I saw it. There's definitely there's definitely a lot of like as time goes by and your only exposure is to this shit, you go like, yeah, I don't know. Super Paper Mario seems like a really good time. Did you guys play sticker? Like that shit. And it's like <laughs> yeah i mean or you could play part of know, the, none of these it is also part of the like, appeal yeah. of like these like i played this franchise 15 years later type videos where somebody goes in blind and yeah. plays a thing that has pre-existing narratives about what's good and bad about it and then they're like well here's my mm-hmm. take on when i don't know what the fuck the discourse is and i'm just like this and, and then they have like completely <laughs> yeah. surprising responses about which games are, are good and bad in the franchise because oftentimes you know opinions just kind of opinions aren't reliable no, no one's opinions are like we, we yeah, it's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of like 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 the discussion before of like the the meme of certain games being good or bad but also like there's just like this the way the discourse happens uh what state you were in when you hit the game what you were expecting from it versus what it what, what it was and whether or not that was fair and so on like if you take my initial review of having played Myst as like a seven-year-old on my grandma's computer and having never seen a point-and-click adventure game or even a first-person game before and having no idea even what I was had to interact with the thing in front of me, it was very different from the part of me that came back after having played a bunch of puzzle games 
and had decades of video, video game experience and then i popped into mist and i'm like oh this is actually a really straightforward video game <laughs> like yeah mist, yeah the idea that mist is even confusing like doesn't even compute if you're just experienced with video games as a concept and like oh, yeah. have played a bioshock and been like oh you're supposed to look around and, and acknowledge what your surroundings mean but like talking about like people like ludo narrative elements like i always think back to like what during in my bioshock uh playthrough where i'm like looking for things to talk about and so on and i'm like oh that's interesting the uh this is a society where you can pay off the police that's a baked in gameplay element that you can pay money to undo a crime you just did at a vending machine. And like people jumped mm-hmm. on me like that was like reading too much into it and so on. Or it's, like, it's just a video game element or whatever. Like, no, that's explicitly part of like the fucking like Randian commentary yeah. they're doing in this game is like this is a society where money make money to turns anything that is illegal into something that is legal for a price yeah gta just has you wait and And then you lose your wanted level they can make it okay and the fact they don't do that because that's the point like the fact that people weren't just immediately like oh yeah that's interesting but instead had a weird backlash like i was like making stuff up or reading into things i'm like you guys play games they're Bioshock. They're that <laughs> yeah. kind of Bioshock a... fans. The ones that put Bioshock in the non-political list. <laughs> that have failed to yeah, register that Bioshock's about commentary and that the things in its environment yeah. exist for a reason narratively. It's it's very yeah. frustrating because it's like the most Bioshock's the black mirror of of commentary in video games where it does not want you to interpret it. It just wants you to get it. It's yeah. like, here's what I'm saying, fucker. I'm saying it very loud. You can't miss it. And people do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think part Which is of why, that too it's is part of why I'm right, are... I have a script about Black Mirror right now. Because I'm like, motherfucker, I, let my, <laughs> I went on a walk and let my phone autoplay Black Mirror videos. And this was actually my previous prologue to the script. And then I deleted it and rewrote it because I didn't like it, the tone of it anymore. But it was just me ranting about other people's videos, but in abstract because I don't actually respond. I don't do reply videos or so on because I hate that whole like part of YouTube. But I was yeah. losing my mind because all these Black Mirror videos, like, especially with the newest season, they would just come away from entire episodes like, what was even the point of that? Like, who, who, who did it even have a point? Who knows? Does it even need to have a point? I'm like, what a weird thing to say in general. It's a weird thing to say one. In this case, this was a video about uh, it was like a look back at the entire history of Black Mirror. And it was this big, like hour long breakdown or something of the overall series and its history and how it deals with technology and, and so on and then it gets the new stuff it's like i don't know throw my hands up i can't come up with any meetings for this whatsoever but i'm like that'd be weird to say but, but any black- issues with the newest seasons are that they're so fucking loud about what they're yeah, saying <laughs> but it's also like it's like not only is uh not only is that a weird thing to say about any black mirror episode it's a really yeah. weird thing to say about demon 79 an episode of black mirror that just has the tories in it <laughs> like it just yeah. it just is here's england with ant and it's full of like anti-immigration pro-discrimination movements it's about white supremacy and the systems that 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 non-white people face in this country how do you come away from that and think oh i guess this episode wasn't really about anything there was like a weird demon or something anyway Box fall, everyone dies or something. 
Like it was the most. Ba- it's like <laughs> I've, I've been bouncing between two interpretations of how this stuff happens, and like one is that I think that people are so like technology coomer brained in Black Mirror that they literally wait for the technology to show up to start thinking. And then they just think about <laughs> yeah. that technology. So like they're waiting for a hologram to appear and they're like, Oh, that hologram, what does the hologram mean? What does it say about society? And then the, if the, yeah. and, until that happens, they're just watching, like they think they're watching the prologue to the episode or something. And so if the episode yeah. doesn't have a sci-fi thing pop up, then it literally doesn't have a premise to them, it's just, which it's is so weird the because the first episode was just a modern. Episode. Yes. The first it's episode has zero sci-fi tech. Yeah, but what's it? The first episode of the You're entire talk- show has zero sci-fi tech whatsoever. You're so talking it's just about the, the pig one? Yeah. The pig one, yeah. Isn't that like universally the most not liked episode? No, that not is, even close. That is very That, that episode is, very is one of the best episodes enjoyed. of the show. Is it yeah. really? Yeah, it's just yeah. that people people that can't think about Black Mirror, on that don't understand that Black Mirror is about dystopia, but instead think it's about technology, think that that's a weird, like, fucked up, like, mistake episode or something. Because they can't comprehend what it's for in the same way that I, when they watch the new season, which has one sci-fi episode and four non-sci-fi episodes, they genuinely don't know what to do with it and think that it jumped the shark with the season and don't know what to, yeah. like, what to think about any of it. The other interpretation of why it happens is that people are so afraid to talk about racism ever that they just don't. And that leaves them with nothing to talk about when the episode's about racism. So they just were like, I don't know, that was a weird episode. There was like a demon or something. Uh, please don't hate me. Bye. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Why'd you make Black Mirror content, you fucking coward? Yeah. It's, Money. it's really embarrassing to be such a creative coward on YouTube that you can't even be as engaged as black mirror is which isn't that deep <laughs> like if you can't even think, acknowledge yeah. the on its face themes of an episode then you're like well then why are you why are you talking about it why are we doing this i think it's interesting too because there are other like there are other black mirror episodes from its original run like white bear is like one of the most beloved episodes of black mirror it, references to it keep coming back in new episodes like it's the one episode of the show they can't they just won't fucking stop referencing which and that's the one about the the person who's like i'm gonna spoil he wakes up and she's being tormented by like this town in the woods and she doesn't remember who she is or what's happening yeah and then it it turns Uh, out that it's like a it's like a punishment it's an episode about punitive justice yeah that's the entire point but that, but I like, mean, to to me, that still had its own little technological spin. Like they had an ability sure. to make people like self forget about something. I mean, there is there is frequently technology. Sure. No one's denying yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. No, I but just the mean, point like, of I that just, episode. Yeah. The point of that episode isn't. Wouldn't it be bad if we had memory erasing technology? It's yeah. mob mentality and punitive justice are a yes. terrifying combination. There's like, like there's no no technological commentary there. It literally is just about politics. One of the so takeaways like, I want people intriguing. to have is the fact that whenever you discuss the actual themes and point of any Black Mirror episode, your phrasing of the societal issue and like what is being interrogated about people and so on, like you almost always end up with a summary that doesn't mention the technology, no matter how loud it was. Yep. Like yep. when you talk about 15 million merits, you very when we talk about what's actually saying about people and what actually happened to the characters and what that society does to people you almost never actually talk about the screens that make up most of the yeah. episode like it's the loudest technology it's, episode in the whole show it's non-stop screens 
and fascinating. it's actually relatively hard to even like shoehorn talking about the screens into discussing most of what the episode's doing because that's just not actually the point it's mostly an aesthetic because mostly the episode yeah. is a thematic remake of 1984 and that also uh, was one the where like there, there were some and... screens but not that that wasn't the point yeah and, and 1984 <laughs> yeah. is also a lot about technology but in, also in not it features not, yeah. technology, but it's not about the technology. It's not about that. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. fundamentally about tool. how people are controlled. Yeah. And, and yeah. technology is just a vector with which the control yes. is manifested. And that's, yeah. I mean, yes, it is literally. saying something. It is saying something about like, oh, no, we watch too many advertisements. Like we're getting subliminal messaging from everywhere and overt messaging from everywhere. Yeah, but it's not there. It's not saying TV is bad. It's saying we need to interrogate. <laughs> we need to interrogate the the sources from which we are constantly being motivated to commodify ourselves and our society through yeah. this very capitalistic system that turns us all into value metrics. And and fifty million merits is yeah. really important for two reasons. One, like one, it's the first episode they wrote, so it's like yep. the starting point for the, the entire show. Of the show. What yeah. happened in the production in the background is they, they had a third episode that season that the channel didn't like, so it got scrapped, and they they very rushedly wrote the pig episode at the end and put it at the beginning, but they that was like the rushed like last minute script uh, that did wet better than it probably should have <laughs> under the circumstances. Uh, but fifteen million merits is the is the first script that was written for Black Mirror, so it's like the like it's it's like the thesis statement going in, but it's also retroactively reinforced as being such because the song from that episode features in every season of the entire show, like as a constant reminder to, to of that being yeah. like the where this has all come from and so on. So it's like that's very Art? much like oh yeah, the song that she sings on that stage has been in every season. Damn, I like literally. I I am definitely one of those like I only care about the technology. I'm only interested <laughs> yeah, you, in like <laughs> yeah, like the politics like, of you, it is. Did all, you watch like, the new season, all, Andrew? I did, but it, like I hated it absolutely. <laughs> so like, and, jo I, and Joan is awful when Joan walks into that restaurant to meet her ex. Yeah, it's playing. That's the song in the background. Is the same one from Fifteen Million Merits. <laughs> I just completely it's zoned just, it out. Yeah, it's it happens. Like, it's it happens. Most, all, like it happens so much. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I guess in like in my head, it's because I when I know what the politic is, I don't I already have the opinion viewed. I already know in my yeah. head, like, what is oh, the yeah. what is the like approach what that I take should away be having? Is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I already go like, oh, yeah, I, I get the moral lesson here. Yeah, this yeah. is bad. And then I just like throw it. It's all in the trash now. I don't care. I already have that opinion. So I focus heavily on like, what is the systems that people are suffering under in this world? Like, yeah, what is yeah. the thing that makes these people upset? And I think. Uh, uniquely the new black mirror season i think the only reason i really hated it was because uh it had an episode about the streaming platform that it's on and i just <laughs> got done watching the new futurama which has an episode about the streaming platform it was on and i was like dude i'm tired of this shit stop talking about your stupid fucking publisher i don't fucking care like i get yeah. it oh, yeah hulu is bad yeah netflix is bad stop watching content like i <laughs> fuck off man i don't want to hear this shit anymore like it's such a it was such a sour note to start on and i think that's what like tainted my entire experience it's very funny and it's it, it is just like it just was such circumstantial but it the fact that it is happening is enough to be like 
okay, I get I get the idea of meta self-referential <laughs> humor or whatever, but nothing is less funny than what is obviously just corporate pandering. Like, yeah, yeah, it's very much just a like, yeah, remember that thing you're on? It's so bad rolling my eyes. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're here. <laughs> like, get the hell out of here. Like, I do. I think don't know. You you just brought up something that's really interesting, though, Andrew, and that's you basically said, you know, I go into these episodes and if I understand their politics, I come away from the story like I already was there. Right. Like you're already at that point. And I think yeah. that that's interesting because. I do think that Black Mirror suffers from an issue, which is that it is often written for people that share its perspective. Mm. Which is to say, at the end of 15 million merits, I do not think anyone is changing their mind and coming over to the good side about why commodification <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, like the value of... uh you know, I don't think that anyone it, it it's not a revelation. And I think that a lot of the newer episodes, the social credit episode sticks out in my mind as one that like really bugs me because it's like these social credit systems are really bad and they they enforce the systems that uh that basically make it a downward spiral and like you can't escape it and it's another form of commodification and oppression. Every single fucking person who watched that episode of Black Mirror understood that at moment one before the social credit system was introduced. And so its yeah. takeaway is devalued by the fact that it is being written for an audience that is already there. Now, do I think that that means there is no merit in writing a story about how social credit is bad? No, but I do think that it suffers from a particular problem where uh, and it's not even an echo chamber thing. It's just a there oftentimes is very little to get because the 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 surface level reading is just the correct one and everyone is able to see it because they knew it already you know what you'll i mean you'll be shocked by how that's... often people fail the surface level reading <laughs> which is that oh, for sure like that ba i do that think that's me. true i do think that's true Listening i think that Black there Mirror are people that don't takes, get it stressed me out Black yeah. Mirror like, just one feels of the worst like one of the worst can't hide like it cannot yeah. like be subtle about anything it's doing. Like you no. look at shit. Like yeah, again, a hundred million credits is like the most obvious. Like yeah, this would suck. I would literally kill myself in this society. And then <laughs> the takeaway is like yeah, wouldn't you kill yourself in this? <laughs> yeah, I would. Like wouldn't you do that too? What the fuck? <laughs> Who's asking I this think, question? <laughs> I think it's interesting as well. Looking at Black Mirror, uh, one of the episodes I stick on. Because I, I've been watching Black Mirror since it first started, and I was watching it when it was airing and stuff. And I remember looking go. forward to White Christmas, the special episode with John Hamm. Right. Um, and that was like an episode that like everyone was really looking forward to. And when it came out, it got these like crazy good reviews. But I actually think of that episode as the episode where the show begins to lose its identity and like really start to fall off the rails. I think that episode is actively bad because it also suffers from the same issue of. Uh, basically just being the question it poses without saying anything meaningful about it it literally is just it would be bad if you blocked people in real life and then that's all it's saying and it's like yeah it would be i guess muting people is a very punitive problem hmm ai and ai assistance and 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 commodifying people and then blocking them and having full control over them is maybe bad 
Yeah, episodes uh, episodes break down when they're in many when they're like not even applicable in some cases. Like yes, exactly. I continually I, I, can't figure out the point of playtest. Same playtest is the other episode I really hate, where people are like, "I love it." Playtest so is constantly like, praised. It's constantly ranked as one of the best episodes of the show. It's constantly ranked higher than Fifty Million Merits, which frustrates me because playtest yeah. is about a guy who goes in to test a cool VR horror game and dies instantly. Die, and he then, dies because he before doesn't you text his mom or and something. Before you realize that he died, <laughs> there's like a 40-minute horror sequence that plays that is apparently just his synapses I, of his dying brain or something and isn't yes. applicable narratively in any way to any larger world concept. Yeah. It's not, there's no... There's no morality tale that be not beyond like the comical idea of Texter Momor or something. Like it's completely it's a non sequitur. It's not related to anything that happened. That episode's interesting in that on a structural level, it's got a bunch of entertaining quirks of like throughout the entire yeah. episode before he goes in the simulation, there are constant Easter eggs and references to things that will happen in the simulation. So it's like a yep. justification for what his brain does when he's dying. And so like yep. as a little horror thing. Uh, it's got creativity in it, yes. but it has no point whatsoever yeah. as far as I can it's, tell. It's just it's the moral is don't test potentially lethal technology. Uh, well, text your mom. Text <laughs> well, your mom because well, you might not be no. able to. The, yeah, the thing was is that he wasn't uh, supposed to have his phone in the place. Yeah, and but it, that's not applicable to like, life in any way. No, no, it's like the moral. Don't forget is to like turn your phone off. <laughs> yeah, Reme just, remember, just remember airplane mode. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, I think a thing there too that's weird is that like I've seen people write about playtest specifically, and they're like, it's about the exploitation of workers and labors and the horrors of the video game industry. And I would, I would be like, yes, that is true. Those are things that happened in real life. Except the show doesn't construct that narrative yeah none of that has anything to do with what's happening to him none of that's actually the lack in the of metaphor. governmental oversight on on part of of you know chip makers and things like that had anything to do with what this episode was saying because ultimately the guy is running away from his problems goes to do an escapism thing and then is instantly killed by a completely unrelated thing because coincidence happened which is like, yeah. okay, yeah, he li he literally you dies almost in a had a story the here. The premise of the entire episode is that he dies in a freak accident. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and not, it's, about, just, and it's not an episode about dying in a freak accident. Like, it's not like looking for Alaska or something. Like, it's just... Is it? I, it's, I it's he just died he, because of his own actions. Not really. I mean, it is. Not in a, not in a, plot, not in a way that's tangible as in like... And this is what's wrong with human beings is they are they're always oh, doomed oh. to self-destruct like an annihilation or something. I, I thought it's it like, was because he literally brought the phone in when he wasn't. Supposed it is. Yes, to. it is. That but is that's not him. there's nothing to but that, that is what we're anything. saying. That doesn't mean anything. Just, yeah. Humans don't humans don't follow directions. They're dumb. They're like, yeah, but you shouldn't sure. die for bringing your phone in when you're not sure. Yeah, you no. should because the rule says don't do it because it could kill you. No, fuck the rules. Sure. Oh, he says the kill. Okay, but what is that saying? What we're saying here is like, what is that saying in relation yeah. to the rest of what the episode is about? And the yeah, answer yeah. is nothing. Not well, yeah, following just, the rules has no thematic value in relation to like yeah. big tech or talking Selfish to your mom kills. or running away from your problems. It literally is just. I also don't em. think that Charlie Brooker is that his name. Fuck, it's like I don't think it's like yeah. I don't think his point is you need to listen to tech companies more. <laughs> like yeah, I don't like yeah. I, like that's not the point. 
Like his no, mistake no, I, I isn't applicable as a lesson or a commentary. I just took away in the fact that like this guy deserved to die because he didn't follow the directions. And then just yeah. this is the Andrew there. School of Interpretation. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, and that's like no, but that's, oh, that's literally what happened. He just that's what, showed up to uh, yeah. showed up to a fucking serve like a testing thing. They said don't use your phone. He said okay, lol, and used his phone and then died. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, I guess the lesson here is don't be that guy. Don't fucking well, not be, follow the yeah, rules. <laughs> like, I think like, I think that what, Andrew, but the, but the VR is literally nothing. Like, what I think what Andrew's point of view here exemplifies, though, is actually correct. That is what this episode is saying. Andrew is not wrong to take that away from this episode because that is the only thing that episode says. And it's true. Which is trash. Yeah. Because like it's poorly that's fake. poorly written. Yeah. That's a very I, I long don't... walk to the tiniest now, nothing point. Because it's such a long yes. it's, that's a lot of episode <laughs> yeah. to get through. No, I and once again, just the entire simulation popular. part has nothing to do with that outcome. No, yeah. yeah. I, I am baffled. It was to it's, hear it it's the it was all a dream thing? episode. Like See, I just watched why... Yeah. Go on, sorry. I know I was gonna say I just literally watched a horror movie where that was the premise. Or like it's yeah. just a, a guy hangs himself, but in the brief flash of him doing that, there's like this entire cool, interesting movie happening, and then it just cuts back to the end where it's like, no, actually, he was just dead. And you're like, oh, oh okay, yeah. thanks. I, I mean, guess. I think I, I think you can the, still the funny thing is that I, I think it, powerful, I but they just don't. <laughs> I haven't actually seen that movie, but I think Andrew's talking about one of the most critically acclaimed movies in years. That people love a no lot. it's it's it, definitely not it absolutely not. is not it's a it's a b-movie horror from china okay, no one has mind. ever seen it it's like some <laughs> dusty shit that like someone put in a shelf and forgot about like okay. there's no way no way anybody has like watched I this thought, thing <laughs> i i still haven't watched i still haven't watched it but i thought that andrew was about to get a lot of shit for like being like yes yeah, stupid movie i'm thinking of ending things <laughs> like, no, no it's like, not oh. it's no, 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 it's just like that's yeah. the I, like that premise though is like so I don't know it's so like it sucks too because I I genuinely like the VR segment I think the mm -hmm. horror writing in it or the horror cinematography in it is really good but it just has no fucking value in the entire yeah, wrapper that it's yeah. stuck no. in like if you had made that a legitimate thing and changed what the monster is to be something more tangible yeah thematically great. relevant yeah thematically relevant <laughs> Hell, the, that the would newer be the newer season has two horror episodes that actually have a point so specifically like for context here the vr was supposed to show him all of his fears but exemplified like it was a vr that yeah. was progressively like it was uh it was randomly generating based on your own brain's fears and so like if you're scared of spiders then like every room is full of cobwebs and then like you know things like that yeah. And I thought that was like such a cool premise. I love that. Let's get into like I don't That's know. That's the type of game like that the... people keep promising to actually make, yes. and they usually yes. never come and out. They're usually like from also, the like do... PT clones era. Uh, but are you scared that... of clowns or needles? <laughs> are you scared <laughs> yeah. of spider or or saw? But I'm a good, still but, done. but a genuinely good question to ask is. Do you actually want horror games that push you on something you're yeah. terrified of? Like, do yeah. you want something that makes you no. so terrified I, you might so... shit yourself? Like, I don't <laughs> think you genuinely like, want I, that. I created a horror game you're statistically guaranteed not to finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like, but you could talk about the fact that, like, realism 
is like VR and its realism can be used dangerously. Like yeah, you it can, can be literally hurt, like hurt people with this thing. Like that is yeah. a scare, and that's why I thought the yeah, premise but, was. But and none then of when that's the interrogated. Like, oh, because, he died. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> died of what? Well, I, think, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think even further there, like a big issue is that like it sets up the whole time that his fear is for like for his life and like moving forward with it and like communicating yeah. with people. And none of that is part of the escapism that no. kills him. It's no, just no. like, oh, well, I guess he brought his phone in. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's, like, a, it's a dumb, bad episode. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 but I'm, I'm scared to hear that people think it's like a good episode. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's still one of the top rated Black episodes Mirror of the show. Episodes, people like, always bring up as being one of the best episodes. And it's frustrating like because that means they're yeah. one of the favorite episodes of the show is one that doesn't get its own show like it doesn't that's literally the like episode it i would fit tell in the show it's in yeah like each yeah. each season there's an episode to worth skipping and that's one of them <laughs> like don't watch <laughs> that episode <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's i think ultimately like it's fine to have to have bad episodes of things and to like yeah it's an anthology it's guaranteed yeah but i think <laughs> this is actually why i get really frustrated when like every single time we talk about something like this people are like well, art is subjective, and I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, it is, but you're no, like not, not understanding what we're saying here, because like you can still just actually what? be bad at constructing something, and no amount yeah, if, of people liking it yeah, or or art, seeing what it was trying yeah. to say doesn't make it more well constructed. Like that art episode is just subjective; poorly doesn't written, make it okay. immune to criticism. It just means that sure. your arguments need to be subjective it's, as well. It, it's, it's in particular so because it's like it's not like you like found a random YouTube video and we're like, wow, some crazy 20 minute animation with no context. Uh, I guess you can draw what you want from it. It's like this is yeah. a multi-season show with a thematic through line. There is a thing that, that episodes openly trying to communicate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like on its face, episodes are trying to make a point. And so you can make a point badly. That is much more gradable. Yeah. Like that is much yeah. less poor, subjective. Bad at communication. Like that's just a thing. Things can be. Yeah. It's okay. And like people are simultaneously bad for liking it or something. It just means yeah. that it, the show is not well, very good at it. It's okay. That's the problem. That's the problem is that people yeah. would associate like you saying, I didn't like that episode with like you, you who like it i hate you you're, you're an bad idiot. you're a bad How person you? and it's like i don't care about you dude i care about you literally less than i care about the episode i hate like it doesn't yeah. it's not about you it doesn't matter it's just yeah. i just don't like it yeah. i don't like that piece when of I, shit art <laughs> like what, what's funny is that like i when i write about stuff i'm more confident these days about writing positively about things even though writing about positive things even though writing about positive uh, writing about things positively is more challenging because it yes, requires because it it's always you're always interpreting stuff and being sincere and so on whereas like it's much easier to write like this monster hunter movie is bad and like and like just rant yeah. about it for a while the problem is that when i'm when i know people are going to watch and then get really insecure about like but what if i just didn't get it what if i just didn't get it? i need to i need to triple check like what if it's actually really clever though what if i just missed it and, yeah. I'm, and I'm the guy yeah. who's who's embarrassing today so it's yeah. like every form of negativity yeah it always actually, like it could always like I, I've seen so Sorry. many. It's it's like a. I don't want to point out specific people, but there's just like, there's been a lot of <laughs> reviews of things that like, like especially during Matrix Resurrection when bleh, you, when audience. Matrix Resurrections happened, there was a lot of, like this thing is stupid type videos from people that largely are respected for their film reviews, and some of the takes mm -hmm. that came out of that were like, oh you didn't you like didn't watch the movie, like did you get yeah. Do you get bored and take a bathroom break in the middle of the movie and then not check? 
Because, like, you're, there's, like, basic factual errors in this, let alone yeah. your read on the themes and what any of it was going for. It's, like, you can criticize Matrix Resurrections, but some of these videos that were made about it were really embarrassing because of how yeah. just anti-intellectual they were, essentially. And, like, the act of being... There's, like, like it's, it's like ranting about Zero Escape, too. Like, there's anything... Like, negatively ranting about something can very easily be, like, what... If you're not careful, it could be like the well is poisoned and you're just looking for more ammo because you're already ranting about the thing anyway. Yeah. And that can make you look really dumb really fast. And, and yes, that's yeah. that's le that's le that's less avoidable in real time stuff. But in a scripted thing, I get way more paranoid about like, but what if I'm just wrong? What if I'm just wrong? But like, yeah, then I, but then I see the stuff about... that people make on YouTube and see these videos be high rated and on successful channels. And I'm like, motherfucker, these guys don't even try. Or they, or they're Nothing, upsetting, yeah. or they're just upsetting. Like when I talked about upsetting takes earlier on Black Mirror, there's an episode where these American, I don't know if they're American or UK or whatever. I don't know, the soldiers are are, uh, I think they're hunting down uh, aliens in the Middle East or something, like evil monsters. They're shooting monsters, literal monsters. You're like, what's going on in this episode? And the reveal over the course of that episode is that is that the military has uh, hit they, they supplied them all with augmented reality that makes enemy combatants that are human look like monsters, and so it's a dehumanizing thing to better enable the sl the wholesale slaughter of people for the state. And it's Which like is a thing, yeah. And it's like oh, this is upsetting. Well, yeah, it's the it's the equivalent of drone strikes and stuff like that, where yeah. like increasingly more and more civilians do. are being killed by people. Well, it's also what we do with yeah. with propaganda and so on, but it's like and with yeah, the yeah. actual training of the military as well. Yes, like they are conditioned to not think of them as people. Yes, but yeah, this is a case of like literally like re getting removing all it's hesitation literal, by making yeah. them into like the Zerg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and when, in the video that I listened to about this one, this person wished that there had been more nuance and more gray what? area with the technology. Like more debate and more like like they, they want the presentation of the idea that using augmented reality to trick soldiers into dehumanizing enemy combatants and slaughtering them more easily should have had like a back and it forth. Is positive. And it I'm is like, what the fuck? How do you make side. a video like this? How do you miss the whole point of yeah. the episode? How do you think the episode's like missing the opportunity for a wider discussion on how to better yeah. have the the state like <laughs> like someone yeah, did not someone did not grow up reading all quiet on the western front <laughs> like jesus christ <laughs> i think i think some people also just are bad at um i think people are bad at making arguments and i mean this in relation you you mentioned Re matrix yeah. resurrections i think matrix resurrections sucks i think that's a bad movie that is very very bad at telling its story is it the second that is not to say story? that I, I that's the last one the fourth one, the last one. uh the well, new I one yeah. Um, oh, the, I think that movie well, sucks. One, I think it is very right, bad. Right. I but I don't think I, it's bad because it's like there was no point. I think it was just bad at making its point. I think it doesn't really it like I know what it's trying to say. I think the structure of the film is bad. It has bad performances, poor cinematography. I don't think it really makes its points well. Like I think that's the issue with it. So it's always it's fascinating when you I'll use like a really obvious touch point here. People will be like the last jedi sucks and i'm like why do you think it sucks like is there an argument to be had here are we going to discuss something meaningful about how it fails to communicate and then people will be like i it, in one scene you can see laura dern mouth 
the pew pew sounds of her gun because is she even a professional actress? And I'm like, all right, you have nothing to say here. The necklace <laughs> shouldn't fall in space. I'm like, okay, you literally don't know how to make a fucking argument. Like you have no idea what this movie was about. <laughs> why, why things structurally, structurally. And Andrew the was there, were, but was I saying. sat through a podcast where we tried to record about it last Jedi once where the people in that podcast spent a half an hour talking about how stupid the ships were at the beginning of last Jedi. And I'm like, okay, you're, Everyone on this podcast but me watches <laughs> movies wrong, and I. This is yeah. a infuriating and people can literally discussion. watch movies wrong. Like I'm sorry to say to people, but you can literally just not get something. You can you can yeah. not have yeah. the language. You can not. When I go into a wood shop and I try to use a saw and I slice the leg off of a table that I'm building and the leg is too short, I don't say the table saw sucks. I say I'm bad at building a fucking table. So it's like it's possible to have a knowledge gap and not be good at de like yeah. decoding and encoding art in movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's why I don't have like a talk like a, a channel where I talk about anime, even though I love anime and watch it all the time. I don't have that. <laughs> sure. I, don't, I, I just cannot talk about anime critically like that. I don't have the yeah, yeah, yeah. skill set to you do could, it, and that's fine. You could absolutely I can, do it. You just sure, need to I can take train myself too, but it's you not just necessary. Like just my enjoyment is thing. But but the thing too is like my enjoyment of a thing doesn't need to be validated by other people. Doesn't, yeah, that, I don't yes, need other exactly. people to tell me that like yeah, this shitty harem anime I watched actually is trash. I know it is. You don't need yeah. you don't need to reinforce that to me. I'm not stupid, but I still yeah. enjoy how dumb it is. Like yeah, it's the that's the thing is like some people don't understand that takeaway. Like you don't yeah, have to completely. be a media a media mogul or whatever when you watch something and under and get all the intricacies but, also, but you, you also yeah. don't have to go on the internet and tell people that you are a media exactly. mogul when you're not exactly <laughs> yeah because exactly. the thing is making an argument about anything it doesn't have to be media media probably is harder than normal things uh, but making an argument is something that a lot of people just don't have the skill to do or yeah or maybe they uh, like with um, a certain amount of introspection you can eventually get to a point where you can make an argument but the back and forth of a conversation <laughs> requires practice and requires yes. honesty in a way that's not you know i'm not saying people are evil although there's a lot of evil people but but it, 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 like how often have you guys come across somebody you're arguing to them and you just make an argument that it's not even about invalidating what they just said. It was just challenging what they just said. And they just double down and say the same thing again. And it's like, that's yeah, the no, most basic exactly. inter, 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 like, interchange between humans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literacy, saying, let's talk. Calling you know media I mean? literacy is important because there is, there's a, the important part here is that there's a reason we measure literacy by certain levels. Like literacy yeah, yeah. isn't just the ability to understand language. It is how strongly you can understand language. And so, like, how you, you communicate you can, it, how you can yeah, disseminate you can, it. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. You can literally, you can, you can be media literate and understand a movie, but you can't. You can also be media illiterate when it comes to explaining a movie to somebody. Yes, like exactly. It's, it's totally normal. Like, it's fine. Not everyone is a fucking movie critic, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's I, interesting I just, too because people also like. I, I think a lot of people tie their enjoyment of a thing to what a thing is or like what it's doing and like i use this example a lot i think i've even said it on this podcast but like i love the n64 castlevania games personally they're really important to me i have a story with them like i played them with my parents the the art and the crunchiness of the audio and the stock sound effects and the wonky <laughs> cameras and the the low quality 3d like i find it all 
like impressive and i think that like a lot of the the ambition of that game like outshines what it actually is never you will never see me arguing that those games are actually good because i happen to enjoy them would i say people should give them a try because they they have elements that i find enjoyable that they might be able to get some enjoyment out of sure Structurally, those games are a fucking mess. Their game design is terrible. Ergonomically, they're a nightmare. Nothing I feel about them changes that. Absolutely fucking nothing. And that doesn't hurt me to say. I'm not, I'm not in pain because of that. They, they exist as a tangible, concrete object that is observable by all but people. But it also, it also took yeah. you something else other than just playing the games to realize all that you're saying, all the downsides to those games. You couldn't just... sure. You didn't grow up loving those games and being like, oh, but the game design is really bad and the like the art direction. Oh, but I mean, I'm sure I mean, there were points when I was playing them and I was like, oh, the camera doesn't work. This is frustrating. Or like, why does it work like this? And it's like, ultimately, yeah. yes, you can just have a face value enjoyment of something and that can be your entire metric. But also people speak with authority about things that they're not trained to speak about and they should probably just read a fucking book. Like they should just learn how to talk about the things they want to talk about. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. The... So speaking of things that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to just mention uh, Celeste and the point where I think the game just sort of like clicked for me because I was watching. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't play Celeste blind. I watched Keith's Let's Play up to episode 13. And uh, there's this huge level. I think it's the Mirror Temple called Mirror Temple um, where Celeste mostly carries Theo around. Theo is stuck in a crystal. And uh, Theo is the best character. Ooh. Well, Celeste is the best character. Or M Madeline. I, keep, I call her Celeste, but she's Madeline. You can actually change her name, can't you? In the game. I have no fucking uh, idea. I can't remember. Yeah, still, <laughs> Madeline, the main character. Theo is, is such an amazing person. Um, and uh, he's very supportive. It's like the whole, the whole dialogue that happens after the Mirror Temple is about him supporting Celeste. Because it's an expository dialogue. But the thing that clicked for me, and, and this sort of goes back to the sort of like the subtlety of, of uh, themes and things. It's not that Celeste is a very complicated story, but it didn't, it, didn't click to, it didn't click to me until Celeste says a line where she goes, maybe this is all pointless. Because she has this big dialogue with, with Theo about, you know, feeling insecure, feeling lost. Uh, she's exposing the motivations for her being in the mountain and all this sort of stuff. And Theo just re just replies, "You just saved me. What are you talking about? What What do you mean? This is all pointless." <laughs> and he doesn't really push the themes all that much, but contrast that to what happened for like an hour before, because you are playing the Mirror Temple. It takes a while. Contrast that dialogue with the the level where she literally carries Theo, a big ass man, <laughs> inside of a crystal, on her shoulders and throws him all over the place. And she's like, she's from a gameplay perspective super strong, and she is. She's depicted as being super strong because she does all these mm -hmm. amazing feats of strength. But she like it's so it's so beautiful and understated as well because they yeah. don't mash on it. The contrast yeah, is beautiful and it's like the point of it's the great of the game narrative is that, design. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it was like, wait a minute, this game is amazing. I need to play it, and I did, and it's amazing. Yeah. No, I mean that's what I mean when I say like games shouldn't just be story or just be gameplay. They should be telling stories with their gameplay. That's the thing that makes games good, and all games can be this. Like oh, people have this weird idea. People have this weird idea that it's like, well, it's not trying to be a cool Ludo narrative. It's just trying to be a good story. And I'm like, yeah, but it yeah. like could be both. 
Like nothing yeah. is stopping it from being both other than, you know, people just like being bad at game design. Like that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a bit it's, it's whatever. Yeah. It's like weird, it could have been better. It's fine. Game pro way of reviewing games where it's like, here's its sound score. Here's its graphics yeah. score. Here's its <laughs> gameplay score. Here's its yeah. fun factor score. And they all look like the fucking Airheads Wait, logo. Yeah, there was a there was a there was gameplay and fun factor as separate f scores in Game Pro. <laughs> it was like sound graphics, like, wow. gameplay, fun factor, and like and maybe overall or something. And it was at a five And it was just like a little maybe. wigged out little like like face of a guy that where like maximum score was like his head was exploding like an airhead logo. Yeah. Um, it is very weird. It's like people have just like taught themselves to not look at things holistically and maybe they should just like look at the full picture and like see what things are saying. They'd probably yeah. get a lot more out of both art and games and their hobbies if they just did that. Oh, 100%. Like you can still talk so about much. elements of a thing. Like you can still acknowledge, ah, yes, the cinematography of this movie. But like the cinematography is in service to something. Like yeah, a movie like is collectively <laughs> making a point and an experience and games themselves are also yeah. meant to be a collective thing not a series of segmented yeah. elements to be judged independently and never mixed yeah i mean it's it's it also speaks to like how people struggle to view things like people will be like why i can't believe suicide squad won an emmy or won a won an oscar and i'm like yeah it won an oscar for costume design and makeup it was one of three things that were nominated of all of the things it was the most technically proficient in this field the movie is still trash garbage I think everyone would agree, even the people that gave it the Oscar for makeup. But that's what it was being awarded on. That doesn't mean that the whole product is like suddenly an incredible film or something. And, you know, of course, obviously, there are like issues with the Oscars. I'm just using that as an example here. Yeah. Like people people forget how to holistically look at things. And then people also I, try to box things too, too finely. And it's like you don't know how to just see things for what they are. It's very odd. I, I will say that like on a side, a very obvious but annoying side problem of that is any kind of award is used in a marketing sense yes, without the yeah, context completely. necessary. And I hate that. I hate when yeah, it's like yeah, an yeah. Emmy award winning movie. I'm like, for what? For what, what did you get? Yeah, yeah what the hell is design. You... Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's oh, we got it for box art. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm not here for the box art. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, won't believe how good the story. audio mixing like, was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, like this, but that's the only reason not... I can say like people would be upset yeah. about something winning an Oscar. Really, like, this sucked. I don't want that movie to win. Like, yeah, I get, I agree with you. It's sucky. It shouldn't win it, but it won the category it was assigned for. So yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Audio I mean, again, mixing, audio mixing is this underrated. Is... I was, I was analyzing Baldur's audio the other day, and my god, that game's audio mixers are my gods of audio mixing. Seriously, they are. Yeah. the game is just incredible on the frequencies. Like all the frequencies are perfectly balanced. On the, like the sound effects and the voice is just incredible, so, like so professional. Never have an absolute lie. It is a loudest fuck game when you start it. Well, yeah, it <laughs> the music loud. that plays at the intro scene I is very loud. To it's God, loud. if somebody doesn't figure that shit out, I've had that happen to me enough times on movies, <laughs> on video games. Somebody starts these games. It's not and a Bioware like, yeah, loud. It's not Bioware loud. It's it's a little loud, but it's not Bioware loud. Bioware if loud. My, is... If my headphones are on at a, at, at hundred, right? They're at a normal mm. level. And I start the game, and it feels like you put the sound at 102. I'm going to die. Like start all <laughs> game audio at 50, and then ask me to turn it up. Like I don't yeah. need it to. Don't start your stuff at 100, and don't make your music especially more than 100. Yeah, like, actually, 
this is a PSA. Fucking, you know, at the start of a game and you first boot up a game and it's like, set the brightness. Yeah. Put fucking the audio give there. Me volume volume sliders. Give me a it. master volume audio dialogue. Allow me to turn subtitles ah. on before the game fucking starts. Like, oh, you're just talking. That I'm just saying so that happy. because you're playing Vampire Bloodlines. That's I'm why. Yes, you. and when you start Bloodlines, <laughs> the title music is definitely so loud. loud. <laughs> Again, I'm telling you, it's a problem. Every it's fucking so game absurd. has this weird, yeah. annoying, loud ass fucking starting music. And again, I don't care if you just started your game at 50 fucking volume and then I would go like, huh, it's kind of quiet. Maybe I should turn that up. It. But let me let me cycle through the list. Have it be like ambient voices, sound effects, music. And then whenever one of those is highlighted, just like play a line of dialogue. If it's someone talking so that I can audio out the dialogue and then have the ambient there. Hear the background birds chirping, then hear the music swinging across the river. Yeah. And then it's just like, you know, go through all that shit. And then at the bottom have a master volume so that I can hear all of them at once so I can see if it's fucking balanced. Just do this, game designers, please. Yeah. You have to imagine that every the start of every game is what is going to be used in the saw trap. And if the audio level is too high, it kills <laughs> yes. your loved one. Like, that yes. is the way you need yes. to make these starting menu music. Like, calm oh, down, dude. so brutal. It's, I get it. it I it, trust. It, I don't think it would work for Bioware because that likely would still be less worse than at this working point, at Bioware. I honestly don't think between Bioware and Bethesda, neither of them could do anything <laughs> at this point be better or worse than they currently are. They could literally just throw cardboard on the ground and call it a game and someone would go like, I don't know, it's kind of a 7 out of 5. Like, <laughs> That is very true. Ridiculous. I agree with this. Like, it's fine. They're, they're, they're just little an anomalies in the industry. They'll stay there forever being their whatever, whatever they currently are selves until until they I think die. in regards Fine. to Bioware, it might have been because they worked with Atari for a, a brief while, and Atari had the worst sound logo. I think it's because no yeah, one in Bioware is the same so loud. No, but yeah, but it's just like a, fa a, a company tradition, you know? Make the yeah. first sound <laughs> game, the, 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 the sound test. Like Sega was a good example. You turn on, the, or like old, old uh, Nintendo and Sega consoles used to do that. They would shout at you in the beginning, You're like, oh! like it would prep you ahead of time to know exactly yep. how loud your TV was. You're trying to play games late at night and you accidentally have yeah. the volume at normal and then you wake up everyone in the house because Sega. She's yeah. like, fuck it. Like, oh I my God. It. You just hear like the footsteps of your dad, like, <laughs> like oh! my, my TV, when I it didn't have a mute, it just had like a, a potentiometer where you go louder or quieter. And the least it would go, it would still be so loud <laughs> that it would literally wake up my mom and she was on the other room. And, uh, it's one of those old ass TVs where the the channel switching did that clack 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 sound, <laughs> and it had mm. one speaker to the side. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, mine was always the getting on the internet in the middle of the night, like dial up do, internet. Yeah, you have to like, yeah, because it'd be like blasting. So you have to like take the speakers out of the computer, you have to take them out, go on sign of the internet, and then you'd be set to go. Just loud noises are awful. Don't make loud noises and things. So always make it like half. I don't yeah. want. I don't want to be startled by loud noises. All right. Unless you're playing a game that is meant no, for startling. No, there's no. Just never. I just never want to be also startled not? by loud nope. noises. This is like why I never wanted to finish like Five Nights at Freddy's or anything. Like I, I beat the first game literally out of spite to prove that it wasn't hard. And then I just from there was like, I'm not gonna play a game where it goes from zero to a hundred. It's awful. That's not scary. That's like. That's a that's an assault. That's a crime that you've committed. You've tried to like yeah. deafen me. 
and I'm not going to stand but for it. We were That's we were insulted neither... when we saw the recording of Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah. and its audio is basically so quiet that there's not even a waveform, and then out of and then it's literally 100% volume <laughs> for just like a and like it literally like there's also not a ramp up or ramp down of the <laughs> sound that every robot makes. It's just no, a it's, cut. it's just a rectangle. Yeah, it's yeah. just a rectangle of going from zero to one hundred, then from one hundred back to zero volume. It's just yep. the worst. I hate it. It makes it's it's, it's, it's so viscerally unpleasant that I never want to play a single FNAF game after having experienced one death. And we had the least we had the <clears> least <throat> scary possible death because our first experience with Five Nights at Freddy's, having you know just tried the game out without the context of watching a hundred less players yell at it and knowing how to play the game already. Uh, is that chairs. we just ran out of power? Like, oh, we gotta, <laughs> yeah. we, gotta, we gotta look at all these different places, I guess, and just try to catch him and like close the door when he comes out. Like, we weren't like keeping the doors closed or anything, but like just the act of like interacting with the game regularly makes you run out of power. Yeah. So we got the. It's like the most telegraphed, boring, slow ending where the monster appears in front of you and and plays a jingle while the eyes are flashing in the darkness, and then it does the the scare after telegraphing it for 10 seconds straight so it's the least possible yeah. scary death but the <laughs> audio was so off-putting that we we're like immediately like i don't want to play this game ever again what the fuck why would you do this you can add a compressor to your sound chain and it's already as compressed as it possibly could be <laughs> yeah no, no, no. a compressor the other way around uh, a limiter uh, yeah limiter would work as well but i think compressor just bring the quiet sounds up so you can in the just play good sound. games. That's my response every yeah, time. Yeah. Why would I fix? Why game. fix a bad game when you can go play a good game? game yep. Good games not made by bigots. That too. One, good games rare. Yeah. yeah the, gaming. Yeah. Gaming Scott. Everything about games. Scott sounds like bad news. So. How could you say that? He's a beloved icon in children's media. Most of those aren't great people. <laughs> That's not a good pool to draw from. <laughs> what? Like. Jim Hansen's a good guy. He's dead. Yeah. Wow. Just because he's dead, he can't be a good guy. Maybe people can fine. still be good after death. Yeah, you're talking about supporting people. He can't support Jim Hansen. He's dead. Well, I'm fine. Mr. Rogers. He died too. Isn't he dead as well? Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> the, fucking, the guy who does painting. Like the, the he's Bob also Ronald dead. <laughs> well, like, you know what? Maybe that's their fault. Maybe they shouldn't have died. And then we'd have good I kids television fine. programs. Yeah, maybe they exactly. are bad people for dying. We, we fixed yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> we fixed it. There. They've God. been replaced by charlatans. That's what we're saying. My bad. I'm sorry that all the good people died already. Jeez. Truth. Maybe next time raise some better ones. <laughs> Next time, you mean, mean in the next in the next universe? I don't know. I mean, you got today. Just they're they're, they're, they're kids to the today. Start. I'm not raising. I'm not raising. And shit. all you're doing is letting them watch. I don't know. What <laughs> you are can't watch me. Paw Patrol. Oh no, there's worse stuff than Paw Mickey Patrol. Mouse. Paw Patrol is real bad, but there's so much worse. Uh, Pokemon. I guess Pokemon's probably not very good lessons. Just talk about like it's better than Paw Patrol. Is it? Is Pokemon better than Paw Patrol? It's oh, about yeah, learning a trade. And caring about animals. Paw Patrol is about the something. cops, dude. Like yeah. you, nothing that the Paw the Paw Patrol are. Wait a second. Yeah, Paw Patrol. Them. Paw Patrol is <laughs> basically a second. show about yeah. teaching children that the cops are cool and good, and yeah. the main character. But they're all animals. What? Yeah, they're, 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 they're cops, though. <laughs> yeah, but 
Doesn't... Wait, that seems kind of dangerous, actually. Don't cops kill their dogs all the time? They do. These are talking child soldier animal dogs. Oh. Would you like to know more? Oh, okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna scroll past this uh, BuzzFeed article. Actually, <laughs> I I mean, I don't know. It's just the I I can't imagine what isn't it. Just, it's is there any like is Blue's Clues still exist? I don't know. Was Steve? I guess I think Steve it does. Wasn't. Isn't it like it's third or fourth host? I think I they did a that. reunion with all the other hosts, and like Steve was wearing a hat because he's bald. <laughs> I don't he's very old now. I don't, I don't keep up on this shit. He just like he takes like... his hat off and like blues paw prints on top of Let's it. See. Like it's a clue. <laughs> it's uh, pattern baldness. Celebrating 25 years of blues clues with Steve, Joe, and Josh. September 8th, 2021. What are we even talking about anymore? I've up. lost I don't the thread completely. any of this stuff. He started we were talking blues about the quality you can of too. media literacy. Here, I'll show you Steve and his hat. I watch Teletubbies like and Sesame Street. I don't want to see Steven's hat. The, Look uh, at Steve's I, hat and his in his cartoon notebook. I like their notepad still. Wait, what the fuck's wrong with the dog? Yeah, blue. Why does it look like blue that? is CG now. Blue is no longer oh. a, uh, blue. Blue is no longer a South Park animation. I thought this was like an HD render. Oh, it's not. Wait, they got rid of like the drawing. That sucks. Yeah, blue is Wait, a 3D is model. 3D? Yeah, blue is a 3D model now. With fur oh. and stuff. That, yeah. yeah. His little 3D model. Burr, burr, burr. I mean, I haven't watched it, but I've, I've seen, seen images seen of Blue. Blue used to be I've a little this... like, like, like choppily animated 2D character that reminded <laughs> yeah. me of like South Park's animation style. He's fantastic. I don't, I don't know how I accurate that is. But yeah, the uh, I, the I, hosts I... age out. Every single image of every single image of Steve is him like in a trench coat and a hat like his old man it's oh, very, I've, it's I've very funny the more you see him around i he's, only know the one uh, it's crazy these look like nintendo renders he looks like he's played Wait, by they have dana the carvey font? <laughs> why are they using the friends really? font for this i can't get over how much steve looks like dana carvey now is that his name is that dana carvey the master of disguise guy I, know. I just realized how many how old is this dog? Yeah, is a, 20? a 20 year old dog? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, but it's he looks dog to years. me like the principal from community. The dean. I have not seen the principal from community. Is blue a curse? Is it like is an blue a curse? <laughs> is it like what a is ring? this thing? Like three people the, the have had a gone like through this. Who's the latest one? from Book of Boba Fett? Who's That's the latest the one? The one in thing. green or blue? <laughs> Jim Rash, like like blue is blue is rife for like a Meat Canyon like Garfield reanim like reinterpretation where it's just this cursed Amalka. Steve you looks like found the guy gonna... blues clues and they're like dragging a body into the closet. <laughs> I'm sure you can find. I'm sure Lumpy made an animation. I'm sure like there's that. been a hundred no. creepy reinterpretations of blues yeah. clues. Is I cannot get over this. One? Dude, Steve looks like the kind of guy that would be a villain inside of like a sitcom where his entire role is to either like fire the like the character or to charge them for money. What do you like, mean he looks so nice? Yeah, no, he looks like he, a guy. No, yeah, he looks like he looks like an average pin like a pencil pusher. He looks like the kind of guy who's gonna who's gonna tell on you to the boss for not doing your job. 
That's the kind of guy. He <laughs> oh, looks like. I, I, he has another picture. Oh, I, Andrew's see, coming I, after I, Steve, I guess. It, no, for it's con- not Steve. For like context, Steve in the sh- in, in Blue's Clues looks like a cool guy. He's like a guy who's gonna cook you a good hamburger. But the other Steve, Steve? I don't know, man. It's Steve. <laughs> Steve at that. current I, age is a pretty attractive dude. It's just that the the getup they have him wearing to make him look fun <laughs> and also young for the cartoon show when he's the oldest host returning is really oh, yeah. distressing. Goofy. Oh no! They, they it give looks him, like Steve went through cancer. They give him they give him a big hat and giant glasses, and he's wearing like some cartoon clothes. It's just it's just like. It's just funny details. <laughs> it's just honestly his, I, the way he's presented to, is very goofy. I think the cartoon clothes are really good. I like the green shirt with the stripes on it, and I like the new host has the blue shirt with the blue. Well, it's a little too much blue, but blue stripe, blue shirt. That looks good. What's with this other guy with fucking Christmas presents on this? Is this like a fucking was he a one off character? Yeah, what's going on here? What's no, he's like outfit? the pre. I think he's the previous host. He better not have worn yeah. that the entire time. I hate that shirt. I think the that purple host awful. was the second host, and the blue host is the current host. I'm assuming the blue host of the current. He looks the youngest out of everybody yeah. here. Um, so I'm I assuming don't, he I don't, find I out don't, all of these people are in their fifties. I'm not <laughs> sure what a 25 year reunion sh- for a show functions at. Like what the point of that is. For... It's like one of those Doctor Who episodes where they get like yeah. seven yeah. versions of the Doctor together. <laughs> yeah, but like I Doctor Who is usually for adults on some level, or at least they, at least they know that there will be adults watching that know all that. On some level, I guess that if you get the news out, that there's going to be a reunion Blue's Clues episode, like, just like with Bluey and whatnot, a bunch of adults are all going to show up to watch the reunion yeah. where Steve comes back, so I guess. But That's like, what happened. On its face, though, when it's like a children's show where it's for such a narrow age range that you watch it for about two years, then you age out, essentially. That's, how, that's what that, like, age bracket is for really young shows. You're You're like... You're changing eras of your life so rapidly when you're young that you quickly like opt in then backed out of these shows that like no one watching the show for its intended purpose has the like the memory or lifespan to experience the idea of a 25 year reunion. Like it's an incomprehensible concept and none of this makes any sense. sense. Like who are these people? I I think you're just jealous that. No one Blue's watches Blue's, Blue's Clues in the intended audience for long enough to get nostalgic about earlier parts of Blue's Clues the way you might I, like One Piece or something. Because you're well, not supposed I, to watch I, it more than like 18 months. Then you're like, well, now I'm eight. I'm too old for the show. Yeah, I mean, I think You'd about be that surprised for like a, how many adults came back for that reunion show. It was like I'm a sure they did. Yeah. With how much images I'm seeing about, I'm like, I'm like, that has to be the entire audience of this was adults. I mean, it's pretty cheap, yeah. too. You literally only have three people. There's no other, like, live-action characters you had to worry about. You just had to corral two other guys. That's pretty yeah. easy. Like, that's the best possible reunion kind of I'm sure of Dana Carvey's not doing anything have. these days anyway. Wow. Toxic. How dare you? <laughs> Is he? Is he doing anything? <laughs> I, I can't tell you. I don't keep up to date with him. You know, he's, he's his own person. He's living his best life. The last thing he's credited for is the li- Secret Life of Pets in twenty twenty in twenty nineteen. Well, that was an animated thing, so he just did Secret, voices. I yeah, guess. he did some did a voice. He is okay, a okay. This guy's gone. Well, maybe he get, maybe he's tired. Maybe he made in enough fact, money. He's living comfortably. He did the, he, he, did, need to... he, he played Pistachio Disguise in the Master of Disguise in two thousand two, and then didn't go feature in another movie for eight years. <laughs> Just Wait, what? skips all the way to 2010, where he played George Bush. 
What? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Sorry, I, I read that in real time. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> he played George Bush? That's somehow made funnier by the fact that, like, there's a there's a pernicious rumor that they all had to, like, that they were filming the Master of Disguise turtle scene when 9-11 happened, and they all had to, like, have a moment of silence while he was in the turtle costume. Is like, a very, like... Reoc- it's like it's a popular reoccurring rumor that's completely made up but because of the timing of how when master disguise was made it, it like it, it a lot of people believed it so the fact that his next role was george bush is not something i was ready for i love the idea that there's a guy in a turtle costume that's just like decim- like devastated by 9-11 like what a terror like what a weird view like visually it's, yeah it's like, like all those it's like all those turning red <laughs> memes because somebody was like this movie's not realistic if it happened during that time they would have been devastated by 9 11 it's like do you want this a sad panda scene like it's like the equivalent of like <laughs> fucking like 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 september 11th anniversary comes along and like franklin is observing the anniversary in the show like franklin the, the turtle <laughs> It's like sad about not, he's sad about the ten year anniversary of nine eleven in the cartoon. Like, what the fuck do you want? What are you saying? Be... Would... It's like so... very specifically my type of humor. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is it's absurdist humor that I would love to witness, but it's definitely like I, I you I imagine the person sitting down trying to pitch this to somebody would have the hardest time of their life. <laughs> Like, this would be such a fucking Sisyphean push to try to get some kind of, like, cartoon turtle to, like, bow and put his hand over his heart as the towers fall. Like, what a what a scene to see. Like, as a kid, have you're I, just like, I don't know anything that's going on. Have I told, have I told the story on the podcast about my friend? My, one of my best friends from high school and I uh, have like a very whose line is it anyway style friendship where we have these ongoing bits. Have I ever mentioned this on the podcast? Have I, I talked know, about I don't know the Princess Diana bit? No. no. <laughs> so <laughs> my friend, my friend and I, uh, <laughs> my friend and I, uh, He's one of my friends from high school who I who I wasn't in contact with for a very long time, and then we became friends as adults again, um, just like coincidentally. Like there was no bad blood. We just like went apart and then happened to run into each other, and we're just like friends now because it's we have a lot in common. Um, but <laughs> he and I continually, whenever we have the opportunity in shared settings, will go on these insane bits and we'll keep them running for years. And one of the bits that he does, that he does in mixed company, is he uh, he has made it a character trait that he is, like, really passionately into um, and, like, strongly affected by Princess Diana's death. Uh, oh. <laughs> and so he has, he has worked into his lexicon, like, all sorts of different uh, different manifestations for this. So he recently went... Manifestations. Like, this is just an example. He went into a, a baseball game with some of his D&D friends uh, in person. This is the first time they went out as a group, like, together um, to, like, go do something. And he doesn't really like sports. But the whole time he was there, uh, he was like, I'm saving the seat next to me. I'm saving the seat next to me. Please don't sit here. Uh, and you know, when people were like, oh, is the seat taken? He's like, yeah, sorry. And then finally at the end of the game, <laughs> finally at the end of the game, um, they, they were like, who are you saving the seat for? They never showed up. And he was like, oh, Die was watching over the game. 
and mm. he just does stuff like that constantly. He says, um, he, he says, uh, go, go, go with Diana anytime someone leaves his house as a like superstitious goodbye, <laughs> as if the spirit <laughs> of Diana Wait, is isn't watching that a bad over thing? wayward motorists. Isn't that more um, of like a curse than a? No, it's like no, a it's like it's like a, it's a saint, saint, like a saint who it was martyred on the streets in... and. Yeah, and now she a watches little. over wayward motorists and protects them from from car accidents. Why um, would she do that? She died that way. Wouldn't she haunt because people she and force them to go off the road? Wow, you no, think so little she's... of Princess Diana. Yeah, exactly. I, I think a the lot. patron saint the of de- this podcast from she's the very like... beginning. I think she's the most she's... powerful deity. She's the patron saint of car deaths. Like that we is the number yeah. one killer. Like she's, a, so she's she, yeah. So she protects wayward innocent passengers from the the dangers of the road if you pray and go with Diana as you leave a house. But you have to say it every time because if you don't, it's bad luck. It's that's, that's the superstition. That's, I mean, so you don't, you so, don't make the rules, anyway. So. My point is, my one of the bits that my friend does is is just sometimes he 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 brings up just like people. Uh, one one of his causes is just uh just insane things like that and the the topic the idea of of someone in a like you know like an actor or like franklin from the franklin show having a, a or like arthur from arthur having like a memorial episode about 9-11 just strikes that same funny bone with me because it is just <laughs> that same degree of like what a bit what a bit that would be if there was a memorial 9/11 episode of every single every single season of Arthur after 9/11 happened. <laughs> like, like that is just it's a the one show that has not only established the tradition but stuck to it for a weirdly yeah, long exactly. time. Like beyond like where it seems appropriate stars, anymore. Random guest stars show up randomly where it's like Arthur goes goes to a concert and he meets he meets the Aardvark Gerard Way who was profoundly affected by 9/11 and went on to make Umbrella Academy like just that being the fixation point in someone's life is like very funny to me. So, I feel like yeah. I feel like the idea of like Arthur graduating school or something and he's like guys I can't believe we did it after 9/11 I wasn't sure if I was going to make it Yes exactly. <laughs> you're like oh my god. <laughs> that's the that's the thing you're fixating on Arthur? Okay. Yeah, you're like Arthur uh, I think the studying is what helped not like the <laughs> not the the patriotism you had to get you through this horrendous event. Exactly. It just strikes me in the same exact funny bone. It's just like very profoundly my sense of humor. I find that all very using i guess i guess the lesson here is you need to include more uh current world tragedies in children's cartoons Uh, the blues clues the blues clues 9-11 memorial episode is is very profound i mean this is to this day the single funniest moment of all of echo was realizing just the dawning horror <laughs> that 9-11 has happened in the Echo universe. Like when it's finally what? acknowledged, you're like, oh my god, all these animal people had a 9-11. And then you play Arches, <laughs> exactly. and they acknowledge COVID, and you're like, oh my god. Wait, wait what? <laughs> wait, that's even more insidious, because isn't isn't COVID for, wait, isn't, wait. Is it supposed to be from animal to person? How did that happen? What, how the hell did that happen? Well, then uh, clearly Sorry. animals can catch it, Andrew. <laughs> but not I don't all see what animals the problem get COVID. Is. What the fuck? How does this make sense? Wait a second. <laughs> Wait but it's, a not, second. it's not that deep. In furry media, animals just are people. 
But wait, how did you get it? Because you had to have had an a-, a wet market. Did do animals have a wet market where they sell yeah. their young? Uh, no. <laughs> what animals? Animals yeah, like furries. and furries both exist. Young f- furries aren't like a normal like puppy that. dog. Like chickens eat chicken? Isn't that is that, we a, is that eat okay? Monkeys in real life. I don't eat people, Keith. I know that you know of. But we're not the well, same also, thing. I, actually, also, I don't, I don't eat monkey either. I'm not supposed to eat monkey. Monkeys are. Yeah, I'm saying we're not the same thing. It's like when people always bring up the Goofy paradox. It's stupid because like Goofy and Pluto existing in the same universe is not a paradox. Well, they're not the same breed Our, of dog. Of course, they're different. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what they're saying. That's it's what the point. We're saying. My, my point is that like all of the evolutionary ancestors and so on that we have also still exist, except for some that went extinct. But like us, we they didn't. People keep conceptualizing a population as just being like, this animal exists as this animal, and then it evolved into that animal, like in Pokemon, and they just, now all of them are that animal now, and it's like, that's not how diverging evolution works, (laughs) it's like, the other things still exist, like, our closest ancestors that we didn't personally kill are still here, uh... And like same goes for a furry universe. Like you could be a coyote man, and also there would still be coyotes in the Midwest. I don't know, man. I feel like I'd be really affected by the idea of like being a dog furry. Maybe the, well, maybe dogs. the furry universe would be more like, in touch oh, with nature yeah. in that they'd be more proactive about conservation. Obviously, not they had a fucking nine yeah, eleven. Like, what that's do you mean? Like, that's not related yeah. to nature. That, that's all about oil and the destruction of the environment. Like, it's just a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, okay. D- deeper okay. argument than I thought this was going to have. 9-11 was about more, <laughs> like, more than just oil, but okay. Well, yeah, yeah no but, he, lore, but I mean, he, he had more to it than I expected, though. I just didn't think <laughs> that he was thinking on that level. It's like, how could, how could, how could the furry people be better? They did a 9-11, <laughs> is I thought what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong in saying that there's not a whole lot of furry political stuff? I'm sure there's a lot of it. It's just I don't, I've never seen anything. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. There's well, so I, much, so much of it. Almost I would imagine all it's not it's like inherently yeah. political. It's very. There's a lot of it. You're just not looking. It's okay. I also don't mm, think yeah, a lot sorry. of it tends to be like that. I don't know that that specific. Maybe like yeah. it's not. It tends to not be like always the same, over the top stuff. You know, like there it's is, not obviously there's not, there's things yeah. like mouths comes to the top of <laughs> yeah, the, but like yeah, but that's that's, what, that's the point. It's like not every furry visual novel is like about yeah. the Holocaust, obviously. Because the real there's other stuff. I mean, because yeah, the but, real implication I'm, I'm, of COVID happening in 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 furry media is that there are the social economic conditions that lead to COVID happening in the first place because of the pressure of humans cohabitating with animals in places where they normally wouldn't because they. They, it's just the encroachment of in, industry into like forests and stuff in Eastern Asia, c- nah, coupled with I the fact it's... that people are underpaid and then have to eat whatever they can get their hands on. That's the, you know, that's the problem with pandemics. That, that's how HIV happened, and that's that's how COVID happened. Um, I like to believe it's because there was a sick bat and he didn't have any no, sick days just, left over, so he came. It's not even just one bat. Everybody. It's not even and just that, that could be it, Andrew. You prob- that could have been it. it. That could have totally that's, been that's, it. That's There's exactly no thought into it. It's just it happened. <laughs> it doesn't interrogate it. It's just a societal, yeah. socio-political <laughs> thing that happened in the background. I'm of just, the universe. I am just devastated at the idea of like, <laughs> like every the di- divergence of 
life is enough that there are furries, but also not divergent enough that 9-11 doesn't happen. <laughs> like, yes, you have stumbled onto the reason why this is profoundly funny. Like, I am yes. terrified of the idea. <laughs> like, you've re- like, you've oh, caught up with true. the original joke. <laughs> all yeah, all, all realities like... end with 9-11 travesties. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> why is it's this the like, Thanos yeah. snap of all realities? Like, what happened? <laughs> That's the canon of it. Point. Yeah, that's yeah. the canon event. All realities, no matter what they are, must experience it. Like what a what a terrifying. <laughs> now I'm just imagining like <laughs> now imagine Steve going through the Blues Clues book. Like oh man, look at all the clues that we found. One of them's just like the Twin Towers. He's just like oh, <laughs> just like flips past <laughs> it really quickly. Like just does oh. <laughs> all of that. Yeah, episode. I was I was like, <laughs> I was I had a bad feeling about this one, but I should have spoken <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close to crushing this conspiracy. It's on to it. It just didn't say anything to the feds or something. Like, 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 it wasn't the Simpsons. It's Steve predicted 9 11 and, and you know, didn't like, say well, anything. Blue, Blue, Blue brings him a clue and he's like, What's this clue say, Blue? Jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. What does this mean? This is a bunk episode. This doesn't mean anything. The kids won't get it at all. Like. <laughs> See, this is what we mean when this is what I mean when I say this is just very funny. It's just like a very absurd situation. Obviously, you know, 9 11 and, and all these bad things, COVID, we're like horrible pandemics in real life. I don't think anyone's yeah, making yeah, it's that. Not, but, it's not the, the, but, the event that's funny. It's the fact that it's a horrendous event inside of a place that shouldn't the have juxtaposition. It in there. Yeah, no, just it's, it's, it's the core comedy formula of don't hug me, I'm scared. Yeah, it's yes. gap mode. Like that's literally all it is. It's just you're like, what the fuck is this? How is this possible? But it's, it's reality. Like, why cre- is this detail here? Yeah, yeah. it's reality yeah, creeping no, it's- into the uh, children's show that's specifically defined by its ability to filter out so much of reality to begin with. I would so hate funny. that. I would hate to like. I don't know, like be an adult that that all that happens, and then a kid walks up, is like, "What's a 911?" You're like, "Why? <laughs> Why do you know that? Who told you?" <laughs> like, a, you're like, "Oh, it was the funny cartoon thing. I watched." It's like, "What the fuck? This is an aardvark. What the fuck's he doing?" <laughs> it's like, uh, like who told you, and then did this to me by telling you? Yeah, <laughs> is he telling like, you about capitalism? I it's just like that. That would just be such a such a pain. To endure like trying to work around that as part of society i don't know just the 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 idea of including it is more work than the idea of just never talking about it it needs to like, be abstract because yeah of just the... doing the thing of like someone goes i wonder 9 11 happened there and you're just like i don't know but we'll never know and i think that's kind of okay actually <laughs> like you no, just like, don't <laughs> live like that like it's perfectly fine like to not know that answer it's it, it not every furry thing needs to be Cause, uh cause... science fiction like it doesn't have to be it's so impossible. detailed yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah it doesn't have to be detailed because it's impossible just... to make fiction like that in like if even even it doesn't have to be furries it could be just like vampires in the modern world like because oh what was or, it? there was there's that, is... there's that uh there's that commercial that exists i think it's like wb kids or something where it made all of these like anime characters do the national anthem and that was just like the most fucking terrifying thing where you're like this is this is just all weird this is like the worst feeling to look at you get this weird creepy like i don't i don't think ash Ketchum would actually say the pledge of allegiance i don't think that's this character <laughs> like Wait, that's in america yeah, 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 yeah. That was a, that was a, that was definitely, I might have been either WB Kids or Four Kids. I can't remember which one it was, but oh, they no. aired like a commercial where it was like Sonic, Ash Ketchum, uh, 
somebody else i can't remember and it was oh, like japanese the japanese yeah it's all japanese anime, anime and they're all just do no they're all just doing that u.s national anthem is the wildest just, stuff holy crap yeah it's, and they're just all it's also their english voice actors saying that you know like singing the pledge of allegiance or whatever it's just weird it was like one of those weird it's like fourth of july haha everybody i'm like i don't this was irreparable damage you've done to this uh, this character to me like you cannot <laughs> i will not stand for the idea that this is real like i don't think the pokemon world has the u.s national anthem that just, that just isn't a thing. It's, i don't i don't think that's true i don't think that's real <laughs> like it's it's yeah. such a thing i don't want to think i don't want to think about sonic saying the national anthem like the idea that sonic like, <laughs> like i hate that i hate the idea <laughs> it's like <laughs> no like, oh what God. No just imagine like like eggman showing up he's like no. what are you doing he's like uh, eggman we got to say the national anthem he's like what the fuck it's just like, in full like urkel voice God, fucking, i pledge allegiance all... to the flag Sonic is that Sonic ha having thoughts about the Gulf War is the funniest thought I've had in a very, very long time. <laughs> well, he, he, he like the Gulf War, and thus he wouldn't sing the national anthem. Like, the like I feel like that is that's definitely the missing part of the of uh, the live action Sonic movies. Obviously, did wait? Did nine eleven happen in the live action? Did nine eleven happen in the Sonic <laughs> movies? That's the question. <laughs> That's, so, that's though, an important fair, question. In those is movies, that, is Sonic, that like I think, is canonically the... only ten years old, so he would he was born after nine eleven. He doesn't have oh, that cultural touch. It's like, is that, but is that part of like Eggman's origin story? <laughs> I don't want to know the answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh Eggman's God. stupid little fucking cart just crashes through both buildings, <laughs> and he just keeps going. It's not even oh, like in a terrorist no. attack. It's just a dumb. No, I, I mean, causing 9-11, I mean, oh, experiencing 9-11 oh is like a cornerstone in Eggman's history. Like, oh like Jim Carrey Eggman's li lived through 9-11 and that informs part of his decision behind what he's done akin to like the creation of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. I, or <laughs> This is so funny. That makes more Jesus sense. I Christ. thought it would be terrifying if like no, I don't mean no. I mean there is in the, there's that part of Sonic I mean, Adventure. He is a terrorist. There is that like, part of Sonic Adventure that gets too real, where there's just a bomb descending towards the city, and you see Tails look up in fear, <laughs> and he just realizes that he's doomed, and everyone he knows is going to die, and that's just a thing that happens in Sonic Adventure, and then you fix it. But for a but moment it's there, it's the, it's it's the funniest cutscene you've ever yeah. seen, and it's terrifying and upsetting. Like, I'll get you, like Hedgehog, a... with my missile that will wipe out Metro City, and you're like, oh my yeah. god, that's a whole bunch of people you're gonna murder. It's like, ah, he just like, presses the that, button. I saw that scene... What? Like when I was like eleven, I think before nine eleven. <laughs> incredible. Let's make let, let me make the point that if the, the Sonic movie, the live action one, was realistic, Eggman would be the president of the United I, States. I was eight. I don't think that's true. I don't think because Eggman would the, want to be the president. That Egg, like Eggman is dramatic. like, yeah, I don't know about that. He's like a goofy, wacky science man. He's, I don't know if he represents the industry murdering nature Egg, and stuff like Eggman that. Is, sure. Eggman what seems better? like his entire motivation is to wipe out specifically furries. 
Like that is yes, his entire 100%. motivation. Yeah, he's he seems the ultimate anti-furry no and looks like yeah, him too. He's anti. He's anti no, he, as well. He, no, no, he. That's because the furries live there. He's burning their yeah. fucking houses down. Like that's his entire <laughs> I've motivation. Watched, I've never watched <laughs> he, like, the anime. I only played the games. All, all he wants to do is just like rule over Mobius, but these damn fucking furries keep telling him no. And so he's like, fine, I'll just toxic waste an entire area. Fuck you guys. Like, he, just, he just absolutely hates the Mobians. Like, that's all I he fucking think, hates. I, he he doesn't care about people. He doesn't care at all a, about I would have watched the movie. I just I checked. I, movie if you were the president. I just checked and I saw that scene when I was eight years old, three years before 9-11. So I was not, <laughs> I was not yet emotionally prepared to process the extent of what no, I was seeing. Mass- in fact, it it prepared you for 9-11 <laughs> you're but you're an okay you were able to to grieve sonic, properly because of sonic adventure sonic well, adventure is a preparation that, tool for bad news I, i'm not just i'm not misremembering it right like that's like an upsetting moment in a weird like in a weirdly real way because it's just like a level of escalation you're not ready for and they seem powerless to stop it in the moment it's, so it looks like you're just like, watching knuckles in watchmen <laughs> like no, it's, are, it's, it's even <laughs> like it's even worse. Like the psychic like, blast is about to happen. You, you just no, I mean like you just gotta hug the closest <laughs> person that you see, and then sure. you just become a shadow on a wall. Sure, yes, I understood. I'm just the idea of like of Rorschach knuckles being like, you know, fuck, fucking sh- Silver the Hedgehog is like, it never ends, and then walks by Shadow Ozymandias. Like, it's just like so stupid. Uh, fuck, Silver is Silver's Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, Silver's Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> what? Shadow's Ozymandias. <laughs> Take this! (laughs) What an awful cannon. It's no use! (laughs) Ready? God, Uh this is so funny. I'm gonna die. Here it is. Yeah, here it is, right here. I found found the cutscene for it. I'm finished. Chaos was defeated, and now my egg carrier is ruined. No matter. I will destroy Station Square anyway. If that missile is launched... Ready? Fire! Fantastic. Uh, It is very funny. Like, again, because it's... Because it's like Robotnik and Robotnik's such a dumb fucking clown. Like everything, him showing up to just like <laughs> big nose, dumb fucking egg body showing up like, I'm going to kill everyone. And you're like, what? what? <laughs> and he's like parked in the ground, like his cart crashed into the ground. He's like a man at his lowest. And he's like, I'm just going to shoot a missile at the city and kill everyone, including myself. <laughs> like, I can't live here anymore. <laughs> and then he just like kind of floats away. <laughs> You're like, what? It's not, it's not from the perspective of like superhero stuff where like, oh, no, he's launched. The meteor's going towards the town. We've got to stop it. And they're all rushing into action and action poses. It's just it's just fucking tails defeated. With a child's voice actor just looking at the horizon as everything he has grown to love comes to an end. <laughs> like, that's the, the scene. You're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? 
it's a lot. It, it's a lot. But you know what's great is uh, that I I like to believe that there is actually no tragedies in the Sonic universe because yeah. Sonic is there. So obviously Sonic is always because he's so fast. He can be he's everywhere so at once. No, he's not fat. He gotta go fast. That's different. Yeah. What? He wasn't. He didn't <laughs> used to be fast in the first four games. What are you talking about? He used to be always. Yeah, he's get, what are you talking? What? Speed was he literally was like the, the selling get out, point. Get out of here with this ancient ass game theory video. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Are you talking about? Yeah, because like so it actually, is, if you check the pixel, the pixel data, he's actually slower than Mario in his original games. I am thinking sure. of though in that perspective, but, absolutely, yeah. But Mario's maps are like flat. And Sonic's Mario's maps are nightmares. Not very good. No. Like it's it's much easier for Mario to maintain his momentum than Sonic, because Sonic is about just having an ADD overload the entire no, time. You, you collect all the coins and learn all the, the spots of all the levels. Coins are you in are you about Sonic? Are you Sonic or Mario? In rings. In rings, sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wow. Rings, fake you, fan. You're go your golden Sonic. This is this conversation. End. This conversation's lame. Instead of playing Sonic or Mario, you should play fucking pseudo regalia. That game fucking rules. I want to play that's it a so game bad. That people should play. I have it. I'm also, ready. now game you now you have your answer, ass. chat, for why sad cr crying tails was the thumbnail this whole time because I just decided it's going to be. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Nine eleven question mark exclamation point <laughs> red arrow. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh god. No. That would, that's interesting. <laughs> that's that's the interesting podcast for this title. week. You can yeah. email your questions to dialogue choices podcast at yeah, gmail.com. You can email us about Keith our crimes. will maybe read them. I do oh, not yeah, think that 9-11 jokes are inherently funny. I just think it is funny to have a cartoon universe and then establish seasons yeah, we, into it that 9-11 happened in it yeah i think we've established that it's not the it's not the tragedy it's, that's no funny. we're not making fun Location. of 9-11 it's just yeah. that a very specific real life formative experience that we had is always very specifically excised from these settings so when it when, if it does show yeah. up like it did an echo you're like what the fuck wait yeah it's hard to uh, it's hard yes. to understand if you didn't live through it at that yeah. age yeah. it's really hard to overstate exactly just how ridiculous the world became and was yeah. at this event that you have no concept over you're just a child who's like i don't know some ugly buildings fell over good luck fucking gg but then someone explains to you and you're like oh oh now my entire life has to change okay and then four, like, four point five million yeah. people died for it yeah or you, you you can you can at Andrew on Twitter if you take umbrage to him calling the Twin Towers ugly. And what do you? Uh, they're they're literally literally the exact same towers. You couldn't even think of a different idea for the second one. That's not look, okay. Keith, those, Andrew, the fact that they're the same doesn't yes. make them ugly. Make them There's different. Come no. on, man! You have two towers. Make them different. <laughs> make them the what same a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, like wow. now the the one we're rebuilding is one fancy looking tower because they couldn't come up with a second one. So see, they they knew their limits and they made one tower instead that looks what really is good. Going on? This has gone on for too long. Paying. We have to read it in. Send your questions to dialectchoicespodcast at gmail.com. I think. Si wait. Uh, <laughs> Yes, it's dialogue choices. Uh, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Not questions. There's no questions in the name. Uh, and dialogue is spelled the way that it is on your screen right now. Don't spell it the other way or it won't go to us. That's how that works. Uh, 
to ask better questions than what is your favorite game because <laughs> yeah, we we've done it already see you guys next time yeah it's dang and ropa <laughs> bye bye <laughs>